Three, two, one. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was, we're keeping that in, please. Is that possible? Well, yeah. my clap was well before your guys' clap. I hope it doesn't. I mean, it's I'm not right, the one It's editing. a rough guide. I think we'll figure it out, but listeners, welcome to the Couch Command episode one, because I unnecessarily said the first one was episode zero, because I want to do that 90s thing where they're like... I still support, you know, I still support. Zero. Thank you, I liked, I liked it, I had fun. Um, today I have with me Sabrina. Hey, it's Sabrina. Uh, you can find me at Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Voidcat Gaming. And I also have with us Matt. Uh, hey, uh, I'm Matt. Uh, you can find me Instagram at Doc Falconer and uh, Twitter at the same. And those of you out there that may have once listened to HGU Radio and keep begging me for to do that, I, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. But I did bring with me Vangelis. Hi, I'm Chris Vangelis Internet. I, I'm on uh, Twitter as Vangelis, and I'm most everywhere else as Vangelis or Vangelis Central. Uh, and that's not my real name, but it basically <laughs> could be, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but we can uh, we call you Chris if you want. I mean, like I like know, Chris Vangelis Mind Freak because it's been like eight years and I still find that funny. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, Just the whole Chris title. Vangelis does the the best the best uh, Transformers podcast on the internet, uh, and and he's got me in like you're, you're actually my inspiration for finding out that you just talk about whatever you want. And make a podcast out of it. Like I, I, I'm still amazed that you guys talk <laughs> that long about like the engineering behind Transformers and the mythos, and it's is so much fun to listen to. Oh, so, it's yeah. it's fun. Like we this year, it's kind of uh, it's usually is weekly, and then there's like sometimes I just get you know held up with stuff or I forget to edit mm. an episode for a couple of days. This year, it's it's also just been like we're just recording it and continuing on. And every now and then, I would not notice two weeks go by, but we'll just keep recording anyway. We gotta. By the time you hear this, it should be up. You should check out episode 589 if you all want to hear some Evergreen. It'll be on YouTube as well. It's a conversation about aeronautics and Transformers with two friends of mine who work in aeronautics. Therefore, I get to say that it's an experts podcast. (laughs) Cool. All right. Well, then, um, Vangelis, what have you been geeking on lately? Uh, Well, I I just realized it's Sunday, which means a whole week went by uh, since the the last (laughs) time we've talked. Um, Off mic. So, uh, lately I've been, um, I've been actually just like watching a lot of time disappear, but, uh, <laughs> the, the, I, I, uh, I spent, I spent a couple days, the last few days, uh, building some games workshop models. I've been doing a lot of solo board gaming and, uh, and mm-hmm. last year I, I picked up Blackstone Fortress and then it just kind of sat in my living room for a while. Mm-hmm. So I, I heard it's a good solo game. So I busted it open and built the models and did the basing, um, I haven't actually played any games this week. I just they're in a big stack right now because mm. my my apartment is a warehouse. So I'm trying to figure out what to send over to or carry, I should say, over to my storage unit so I can uh, put all of my games on a shelf instead, so that mm. there's some variance. But uh, yeah, other than that, um, keeping up with with a lot of solo board gamey stuff. Keeping up with some uh, some video gamey stuff. We had a sad thing happen on Monday. The Transformers TCG was announced that it's over. Um, oh. in in oh. part due to COVID complications. Uh, they they mentioned that it was doing all right, but wasn't meeting sales things, and COVID just put the the, the nail in the coffin. And I mm-hmm. think that that's basically on point. I, I, it's not one of the big three collectible card games, so the fact that it, it lasted for two years and had five waves is all and and a big mm-hmm. money event is already kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. But I I think it was on a string bean of needing store presence to continue and be reported to justify its existence. And right now. That that ain't gonna happen. Uh, How people are playing via webcam right now. <laughs> How 
how does card game stack against the others? Your pardon? That's a, I'm pretty sure I did. I'm, I think that was a card game pun, no, right? It, like it, it was stack. Do you yeah. stack cards mm-hmm. in, yeah. in your card? Oh, games? how's it yeah. stack? I thought you said how did it come back, and I was like, wait, it's coming back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how did it come back? Transformers CCG, oh, which by the way is now is now complete, and so it's uh, it should be even it should be even easier to. Well, actually, no, you can just proxy it now. No one cares. But uh, it's a it's a very good card game. It's a shame it's done because in Wave Five they were not only in the midst of hitting another stride, but they'd set up some stuff that is never going to be officially finished now. Uh, like like they, uh, they they for instance a promo character was Tidal Wave from Armada, uh, three a oh. three card character who can combine together into robot mode uh, if you set up stuff right. And one of the cards mentioned that you can partner him with a four star plane or a four star helicopter. There are no four star helicopter characters in the game right now uh which means that they had been probably no. planning to have one in wave six but uh it's a good game it's a character combat game it's by people at wizards of the coast it's basically a bunch of people who work on magic the gathering having this cathartic experience of working on something that isn't magic the gathering uh <laughs> which is a fun game to play but boy don't get into it unless you're prepared to really just get drowned uh, in, in like three decades of, of, or not three, I guess, like almost three decades of the, that, that Magic the Gathering has to take into account every card that ever came out ever since 1990, whatever, when it started. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and everything that they try to do as game designers is constantly hampered by the fact that Magic the Gathering is also a stock market that they cannot officially recognize, but they still recognize in the way they sell their product. It's a, it's a bummer. I tried to keep up. I really liked it. I got back into it in 2018 and a year of trying to keep up with it made me want to not keep up with it anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which is like, it's such a shame because there is so much good about magic and there's also so much dangerous about magic, uh, somewhat on purpose. The yeah. online version that's very popular arena is literally a gotcha game. As far as getting new cards, the, uh, the, the physical cards, uh, are kind of a lifeline for local gaming stores and a lot of the ability for local gaming stores to, uh, to sell them is not hampered, but it's made more difficult. Like wizards, for instance, removed uh suggested retail price. So the cards still cost money, but they're like, Oh, you just figure out what you want to charge for it. Which means that all the stores now have to stare at each other until someone names a <laughs> price. And then all of the, the players go like, Hey, I thought you could, I thought it was no MSRP. Uh, so anyway, Transformers CCG, I, I do highly recommend. There's lots of ways to play it now. You can you can still find cards. Wave 5 might be kind of hard to find, because I'm not sure how much they printed due to COVID complications. But uh, aside from playing it there, there's there's images of the cards everywhere if you're down with proxying. Uh, as I said, a lot of people since February have been playing with webcams, and that might be the future of the game right now, uh, as, as some folks are, are starting up some initiatives. Uh, there's also a program called Octagon, O-C-T-G-N, uh, and you can get a, an mm-hmm. image pack to put the game into that and play it digitally. It's also on Tabletop Simulator. Um, I need to figure out how to build decks in there, because all I, all, like, basically the, T- the TTS mod, you get bags full of every card, but then I was like, so do I have to hand build the decks, but also in TTS, which is like slight uncanny valley for my brain? Um, I'm hoping there's like a list importer I'm not aware of. But uh, there's there's lots of ways to play the game now. It's just the uh, it's a shame that it's coming to an end because it it is a, an actual very good card game, <laughs> and that's also doubly really cool because it's a Transformers thing that's not media or toys that was also good, and that's kind of rare in mm-hmm. Transformers. Mm-hmm. Um, usually our toys 
uh, you know, there's, you can usually assume there's good toys, there's good comics, there's good uh, TV shows. Uh, we got the Bumblebee movie as far as feature films, but when it comes to video games, card games, puzzles, etc., weird little tie-ins, usually it's, it's very hit or miss. So it was kind of incredible in 2018 that a, a trading card game about Transformers was also good. Um, sadly, it, it, was, the art, it was also was a trading the art by uh, the IDW people. Uh, they, so the, the artwork for the first two waves was a mixture. The, a lot of the character cards were pulled from an old, uh, now dead mobile game called Transformers Legends. Uh, mm-hmm. and a lot of the battle cards, the small cards you actually shuffle, uh, were literally just panels and covers from IDW. Um, wave three, four, and five, uh, was fully unique art, uh, aside from some of the character cards, which shared packaging art with some of the siege toys. Uh, but all the battle cards were unique art, and a ton of fan artists were pulled in to officially work on Transformers to help not Hell just yeah. with like line art, but like I know a lot of a lot of fan artists who got to do coloring work on those cards. Um, and it was all headed up by uh, like the project lead for the art on Waves. I think the whole thing, but especially Waves Three onwards, was uh, Sarah Petra Duroche, who is one of the best artists uh, who has worked on Transformers. Um, he's also Canadian. Uh, and yeah, the, the, like the original battle card art made the game elevate enormously. Um, there was some very good stuff in there. There was even little bits of storytelling on the cards. Like there's a couple sets of cards where if you line them all up, it's kind of like, oh, this is a little story. Um, I I was always hoping when, when they hinted at that, one of them was going to literally be just people throwing one grenade back and forth. But, uh, Hmm. we, we have some podcasts with the brand manager of the game, uh, over on WTF at TCG, which is our little side thing. Uh, and, uh, he, he confirmed to me in one of those that that is not the story being told, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) yeah, I have lots of love for that game. I can talk about it for a long time, but, uh, (laughs) other than that, I guess just for Keith, I'll say I watched a random Ultraman thing on YouTube. It was called, uh, it was the, it was the one that takes place after the Rube movie where all the new generation Ultramen are fighting, uh, the guy who then I think is the villain of Z, but I can't remember. Was it 50 minutes uh, on YouTube? Yeah. yeah I, I can't remember the title now because it's one of those Ultraman titles with lots of words. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm. I want. I want. There's like. The, oh, I know. It's uh, uh, Ultra Galaxy Fight New Generation Heroes, and you only see them in the suits, right? Yes, and uh, it sounds okay. like a lot of the voice actors are, or a lot of the, the actual actors are doing the voices. Like I, I really liked it because I, I uh, my favorite Ultraman thing is is the Koichi Sakamoto film Ultra Galaxy Legend Mega Monster Battle, and uh, <laughs> I love I love that part primarily not only because but a lot of it is from the opening like 20 minutes, which is just. You get to see what Ultraman society looks like on on the uh, the planet uh, the Land of Light Nebula M seventy eight. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So so uh, a lot of the, there's big chunks of this movie, which is a bunch of Ultramans chilling out in the Land of Light, getting told stuff by an elder Ultraman Taro, and I, I just like seeing Ultraman. As Ultraman, i.e. the suits, like, like kind of just ch- hanging out and interacting. I've never watched Rube, but I really liked how those, those two goofs were bouncing off the other characters. Uh, there's mm-hmm. even a cute bit where, like, I forgot about this, but like, they, they, they kept in mind that Jeed had never seen the Land of Light until this, this little feature thing. It's only 50 minutes. Nice. It's not a full feature. But, uh, Jeed is like, oh, it's the Land of Light. This is really cool. And then, like, the Rube guys and, uh, and Ultra Woman, um, I can't remember her name now, but the third character in Rube who merges with him to be the, the Super Rube, uh, Groob. Oh, okay. I did. I did not watch Rube. 
they seem fun. I, I think Rube was probably one of the more lighthearted ones, but uh, that's why I really like ensemble films where everyone's like fully in character because then all the lighthearted characters. I think they they said Rube, the two Rube guys were from another planet, which is where Orb was from. Oh, uh, I still have to finish cool. Orb, but uh, Orb was like on like his home planet, which isn't M seventy eight. And then when he sees the two Rube guys, he's like, oh, you guys are from my place. And they were like, oh, you're from there, too. And they got all excited. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, love me some Ultraman. Like, they do a sci-fi universe so freaking well and fun. And it all revolves around my boy Zero. I love it. <laughs> um, and have you watched Z at all? Uh, no, I, I figured out how to bootleg it off of YouTube, and I, I hope that doesn't get anyone in trouble if I say that. <laughs> Because uh, probably, not. I, I, probably not. I don't want to. I'm not feeling it to start watching it, and I thought I'll just watch it whenever. And then I heard that they that episodes are only up for two weeks, so mm-hmm. I I heard that about two hours before episode one was going to go down. So I figured out how mm-hmm. to like I already know how to rip videos off YouTube, but then I went and found that there is a way you can also pull the closed captions out separately as SRT files. Uh, Dude. so I got mm-hmm. a little Ultraman Z folder going on of of uh, all that stuff and. Uh, I, I do wish to support it uh, officially once I catch up. I just, like, I'm a weird person. I don't, I, I fully embrace the a la carte world that we've entered into, and I, I really like watching stuff at my own pace. Um, yes. Like, like I just, I, I, I really like Kamen Rider Zero One, and uh, recently I just, I just didn't get around to watching episode 39 until episode 40 came out yesterday. And so sometimes, even if I keep up with stuff weekly, I like being able to, like, lag at my own pace, and then, and then hey, I have... Th- two or three episodes to watch in a row. I, yeah, I rebel against the binge culture. Now I don't yeah. want to be stressed out into having to keep up with everyone. I just, yeah. When I have the feel for it, that's when I watch it. Same. And yeah, that's it. And, and I'll just say, I totally hear folks who are like part of binge culture's problem is that it's all going up like a full season at a time. And I get you, but like, I feel the pressure is exactly the same when it's like, we're putting up one, one episode a week, but also everyone's going to talk about the episode as soon as it's out. Then I'm yeah. like, well, now every week I gotta watch it. It's and I, and I get that that's what TV used to be like, but like I, I I like the small advancement of like in a perfect scenario, here's a season, and also in a perfect scenario, all your friends will use one hashtag you can mute if you don't want to see them talking <laughs> about the thing the moment it comes out. Uh, that's that we're still working on that, and I'm still, still working, working on. on yeah, I'm also really bad at like actually muting anything because it's too much work. Mm. <laughs> I do I I do feel like people have gotten a lot better about. Not spoiling things, not just putting out major plot points. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I remember once upon a time, people thought it was the the twenty four hour rule still worked that we used to have for one episode, but like for a whole series. Mm. So it's like, yeah, we're oh, dropping yeah. the whole season on Netflix, and people twenty four hours later would be like, "Well, it's been a day." I'm sure if you really wanted <laughs> I, to watch. I it. think <laughs> here comes the plot <laughs> cannon. You're gonna hear I, it all. I feel, unfortunately, I think what uh, what you guys might be experiencing is the that is now we have. That has ended. That we're all watching. Like Game of Thrones was the last show that we were all watching together. Was mm. it? We'll see about that. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. What else? What else? What else is there right now that people like care that you can't well, ask you know, me this question? I'm the person who like always watches the show three hour, three years after it's over. So. <laughs> I love that though. Like every time I do that, and I, I see something well after the fact, like I know for a fact 4S Gridman's going to be that for me. So I want to watch it. I just haven't felt the need yet. 
Mm-hmm. And and whenever yes. I do that, and I watch a really popular thing like years later, and then I go on Twitter, and I, I usually will wait until I finished it because I'm always like, well, someone might try to be that you know jerk, mm-hmm. and I'll say like, hey, just watch this show. I know you all really liked it. And I really liked it, and I'll just you know post like three tweets in a thread or something. Usually, by the time I watch, like if you're a three year lag person, that just means all your friends who really liked it and since have moved on will have this sudden rush of immediate nostalgia. <laughs> And go like, oh, I remember. Yeah, I really like that. And, and and then half the time, it's like, I really like that you're not mad about X, Y, and Z. And it's like, yeah, it's because I watched it all in a row. So I didn't have, like, a uh, week between each one to, like, you know, sort yep. of. Uh, I've been experiencing that with um, Stargate. Like, uh, I got to Stargate, like, maybe 20 years late or something <laughs> like that. And it's been beautiful. Like, um, it's the only thing that people care about that I post on Instagram. All these like old Stargate fans are just following my post, going, "Oh, you're gonna you're gonna be excited when you see this," and like people I don't know are like <laughs> excited that I'm happy that I'm like, "Oh my god, this happened!" They're like, "Ah, you got to that part." Oh yeah, yeah. It's been so much fun. My, my friend Hoopla like recently, <laughs> just just the other month, like watched all of Common Rider O's for the first time and was live tweeting bits of it, and I was having so cool. much fun because there were parts where like he would say something like, "This just happened," and then I would just roll with it. Like if a, a character seemed to die. <laughs> be like yeah they're done they're uh they're not coming back and this is like in the middle of the series he was like he's like did mazul just i'm like yeah i hope you liked her uh <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh sabrina has been that for me on um all of my stargating thank you, thank uh you. and you've been fantastic about it without like I've been experiencing it, and you've you've not given away a single thing. And, oh, thanks! Yeah, I actually awesome. got real mad at a friend of ours because uh, he uh, kind of like tipped you towards Sunday, and I was like, no. Yeah, you always want to. Every now and then, like you'll have the friend; they're well-meaning, but you know they're not good at it, and you want to mm-hmm. just like grab them and go like, "Yo, yo, I get it, but you need to stop because, like, all due respect, you're not good at this, and you're about to say something you shouldn't." <laughs> and I'll teach you how to be good at it, but we got <laughs> we got to dial this back. One, one last thing I'll say is is just to you know for those HGU folks, like Common Rider Ghost is my current one. I've watched like about twelve episodes a year off and on since it aired, and I really like it every time I watch those twelve episodes and like keep inching my way forward. And you know that's the one everyone hates. That's, like, that's, that's the one everyone joke. agrees. Yeah. But yeah, they, they shake hands. Everyone dislikes Ghost. And then um, I did, and that was like one of the first ones. I just I could make it all the way through. I was just like. I got. I can't. I don't want to anymore. Yeah, it, it's although I did like it at the beginning. It's way better in in twelve episodes. Like, not like a hard rule twelve episode chunks. Just that ends up usually being around about it. But like, I, I I've I've I just find like there's a lot of shows, especially like you know serialized shows, where week to week can end up being a worse viewing experience. Uh, like for instance, like with Ghost, people tell me about like oh, but the pacing in those things. I'm like yeah, but the pacing in those didn't matter. I watched six episodes in a row. So I, I okay. time skipped a month and a half of whatever it is you went through. Uh, same thing when I watched my... I watched the first couple seasons of Walking Dead when they were on Netflix. People were like, "Oh, the prison uh, season." And I, after I finished it, I was like, "No, no, yeah, I get what you mean, but like, I, I was okay watching it because it didn't take me a year to watch through all that. I mm-hmm. watched it in about like four days, and then I was like, afterwards, I was like, "No, I can see how spending an entire season going through that, you know, one chunk a week would just get irritating." Uh, also, shouts out, whenever I, I say nice things about Ghost, uh, there's always at least three to five people who will pipe up and go, thank goodness someone's finally saying saying this. So, uh, <laughs> you know, big ups to all the actual Ghost fans out there who are tired of the meme, I hear ya. Uh, cool. <laughs> that was my Japanese, uh, Japan series. While I was in Japan, that was what was on, and I got to see like, this weird um, 
holographic display in like their version of um, Target, and I like I have a video of it. And it's hard to figure out how it works. Like it's hard to describe how things appear on screen and in the background, and you're like, wait, no, there's no camera. Wait, how would that even happen? Yeah. It anyway. That was my. Uh, Jeff, my, my Japan Ghost experience, like, how, how do they do I, this? I, I think anyway. Holotech is super cool, and I think it's it's kind of nuts that it's not, like, that. that's all it is still, is, like, it's a cool gimmick for in-store displays, or, like, at theme parks. Like, I'm kind of like, I just feel like holographic display stuff could could be interesting with some at-home uses. I don't really know what, I guess, but <laughs> it's just weird to me that, like, even now, it's like, yeah, I saw it in a store. Right. <laughs> I always think of that 90s... Uh, Sega game with the cowboy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Was that Dark Tower? <laughs> no, no. God, what was it called? Time something. Yeah, like, there yeah, were you're... two of them. There were two of them. It was like a, oh, a really? big special console that had like a fighting game and the cowboy game, and I mm, think that mm-hmm. was it. There might have been one more, but yeah, it was it was like uh, not American Laser Games. Those were the the Laser Disc ones. But yeah, I know what you mean. They they projected so it looked like this little cowboy you were controlling. Uh, it was it was actual people. It was an FMV game that was shot in wide. Uh, mm-hmm. and then they just removed the background and projected all the little people. And it looked like they were little two dimensional people walking around in a, in a black void in front of you. Yeah. Uh, my friends nice. would tell me about it. And then like, I, I'm like, Oh, Oh my God is what it's what? And <laughs> like, I, I, I tried so hard to find it in the city. And by the time I got there, the machine was out of order. So oh, I have yeah. never seen it in person. So there, there was a, cause it just, there was a bummer with that hardware is, uh, cause I remember when I was a kid, I remember this as a kid, if you were not a particular height and looking at it from a particular angle, nothing worked in the effect. Oof. Like you had to see it, you had to see it dead on at like, so, like I think slightly below eye level or you, like you couldn't see the little people walking around. They would just look like blips, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's that's accurate. They actually have one at the uh, Barcade in Chelsea, and uh, mm. I played it. I think earlier this year. Um, yeah, and that's correct. You have to have it at just the right angle, and it's got like little wooden blocks that are painted this uh, very very bright orange and like yellow or something. And mm-hmm. it's as far as I could tell, it's basically unplayable. It's not a good game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. I watched a playthrough on YouTube where someone I think used like like rip footage or something, so it would be easier to see. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a dumbass game. It doesn't make <laughs> any sense. No, uh, and it it looks like it's just a bunch of stage actors and and I guess programmers in costumes. Uh, and I yeah I it doesn't make any sense. So I did not I did not miss the greatest thing I ever heard. It's it's like <laughs> yeah it, it it makes less sense than your usual FMV game because it's like. <laughs> There's no real set order to the scenes, but the scenes still seem to reference each other a little bit. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Okay. The whole game, the, the fighting game, also doesn't really make any sense, as far as I recall. But it was a valiant effort. It's a cool effect. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Um. They, let's see. They tried Next the tech. Up, they just Sab- failed with yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sabrina, what have you been geeking on lately? Uh, I'm finally watching what we do in the shadows. Uh, that oh, tech yeah. comedy, keep... and my god, it is a treasure. Just, mm-hmm. I have nothing bad to say about it. It, 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 if you haven't seen it yet, uh, go. Just have go you seen now. the movie? No. Ooh. Okay. That, I have seen the movie, and yeah, that, my jaw dropped with how fantastic it was, and I've been told, like, the TV series is like, go, 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 you, you, you should see this. the TV series. It's not, it's, it's not the movie cast, 
And I think the TV series works as something to watch after the movie. It's really, it is really good. Also, I'm glad that Same more people are getting exposed maybe? to Matt Berry. Matt Berry's a oh, treasure. I mean, God, he's funny. Yeah, IT crowd always a always a gem. Matt Berry. Yeah, he's all right. great. You should you oh. should all watch uh, Dark Place. That's that was my first Matt Berry. Mm-hmm. He's good in that. Oh, Doctor Sanchez. You've never heard of Matt Berry? I think you'll recognize him when you see his face. I see him, and like he is that guy. When you that hear guy. his voice, you'll recognize him. <laughs> He's very distinct. Yeah. Yep. Um, what 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 made you check out uh, what we do in dark places? What, what, what we do in the shadows? Oh no! I've, <laughs> there you go. What we do in dark places? I, I've been planning on doing it. I was doing laundry. When I do laundry, I fold stuff and like watch whatever show at the same time. And I felt like watching something new. And it showed up on mm-hmm. Netflix, and I was like, well, I was planning on seeing it anyway, so I'll watch it. It seems like a comedy. And then it's very much, you know, that's the same kind of mockumentary style as Parks and Rec and uh, The Office, which are also treasures. And I always love a bit of vampire comedy. I'm into that. And Matt Berry is someone who's usually in shows I enjoy, so I figured go for it, and I did not regret it. I'll, I'll echo Keith. Right. I, rec- I recommend the movie too. It's because uh, okay. the, the nice thing that show does, it's not just taking the movie characters and recasting them like the movie characters and the cast of that show. There's like similarities, but nobody is one for one. Everyone's like 1.5 to 0.5 as far oh, as nice. like the ratio of carryover. It's, it's really cool. And there's like, there's an entire character in the movie who's not whatsoever in at least the first season of that show. I still haven't seen the second season. Mm. Um, is it Taika Waititi? Is he still directing and writing? So. Or is it a new team? Uh, he's yeah. producing, uh, I think, but is he also directing on that one? Um, I think, I, th- I thought he was. I thought it was uh, him and Jermaine that were... Uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> They're, they are both involved. Uh, and Taika does appear at one point in the TV series in the way mm-hmm. that he would cool. if he is and appearing it's, yeah, in it. <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I have a iffy relationship with that man now uh, because... Like, he, he blew me away with um, uh, Thor, Ragnarok, and then, like, I was like, oh, my God, are we are we best friends? Uh, uh, let me get your Blu-ray. I'm going to listen to uh, the commentary track, and, and like, we're going to, like, have the same childhood. And, like, all he did was just fuck around on the on the commentary track. <laughs> he gave no insights. Uh, he just made fun of everything. And I was just like, okay. How all right. dare you? Like, they, I, I thought, yeah, I thought we were going to talk about movies here, and all you're doing is making jokes. So, like... And like like uh, like the searcher scene where like the the devil thing is singing it's throwing on fire. He goes, you know that's um that's actually me, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they, this they set me on fire that day. I'm like, ah, oh, dude, like is that you or not? It I, I can't tell when your jokes end and, and start. I'm, I'm actually or did you ever? I'm really happy to hear mm-hmm. there is a commentary track because that's not that's a pretty recent movie, and I, I I wasn't sure if they were still doing commentary tracks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's there. Um, I'm not sure. Like, I, I tapped out because I was like, "You're just fucking with me." And so, yeah, I can tell how much, how much of I, what I enjoyed was him, and how much was it maybe uh, the producing style of Kevin Feige. Hmm. And I'd say. Then I saw him actually in an interview. Uh, he did. The, he did a YouTube uh, podcast interview thing with uh, the Russo brother, hmm. one of them, and they're just geeking about Flash Gordon. 
And there they started being like serious about what they love. And then he showed me, no, no, Keith, I'm, I'm right here. I'm right here. We are friends. <laughs> I, I've, uh, I just, he just didn't bring it to the movie sound, uh, commentary. I, I've liked a bunch of his movies. And I, I can tell you that, like, if you did like Thor Ragnarok, like a good chunk of what people who like it end up liking is, is like a lot of his input. <clears throat> There's a, mm-hmm. uh, oh, what we do in the shadows is still like really the, the movie of his I talk about. There was another one though I saw with, ah, I got to go look it up. Jojo Rabbit. Um, Who's in I, I the can, movie? Not Jojo Rabbit. I didn't. I didn't see that one yet. Uh, there was oh, you should. One. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I do want to see that one. There, there was another one, and I, I'm, I'm not going to go look it up. I'm not going to remember right now. But okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I generally enjoy stuff he does. I, like that. That attitude in the commentary track is kind of like I. I. I mean, I, I kind of resonate with that attitude, admittedly. But mm. uh, <laughs> me too. Uh, yeah, like I mean that that that's also I think part of what I like in someone who's getting to work on uh, on large scale projects is I, I I don't know I like I like subversive attitudes who also get given lots of money because I don't think it happens enough right now. I um, agree with you wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like um, Sabrina. Oh, well, yeah. Cut. Oh, yeah. No worries. I was gonna say like you know, sort of a, a parallel, not the same vein is uh, is fellow who did uh, Mad Max. Like whenever that guy. Like, you know, he, oh, he did yeah. Fury Road, he got a and ton of did. money, and he's also like, yeah, I'm not, like, I don't really want to do any of, like, the, the Hollywood franchise stuff, and I want all these trucks to exist in real life. <laughs> he, 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 yeah, he went from, like, Mad Max Road Warrior to, like, Penguin Happy Feet to Babe in the City with a pig, and then he came back, and he's like, nah, I still got it, and did Fury Road? Like, this guy, yeah, that guy's crazy, and he almost did Justice League, but that fell through many years ago. Yeah, anyway. yeah. There's just lots, lots of folks where I'm just like, I'm, I'm happy when some, when some specific folks just get to do a big project. But mm-hmm. you, usually, when they do a little project, like what we do in the shadows, of the film is a pretty low key project. Uh, like I think that whole movie was kickstarted or Indiegogoed. Um, and it's, I did uh, not know that. Impressive. Yeah, it's it's that's that's what my brother told me. Like I I had the the pleasure of getting to see that movie in a theater, not knowing anything about it, because my brother was a fan of uh, of the folks who worked on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I saw that movie sight unseen, hmm. uh, which yeah, was great. But uh, I, yeah, um, I was going to ask uh, Sabrina about other things that you geek on. I see you playing um, uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic. How well do you feel that game stacks up against uh, Mass Effect? Oh, well, it doesn't. Uh, I play Star Wars The Old Republic because a friend of mine plays it, and uh, I want to play it with him. But it, it's fun to play a Sith and to, like, just make jokes about murdering everyone. But uh, <laughs> uh, I'm the wrong person to ask. So, I'm really not a big fan of MMO's construction in the first place. It's oh. important to me that, like, world building is solid, and Mass Effect has amazing world building, and Star Wars uh, The Old Republic has kind of, like... Your your typical you would ex- expect MMO shenanigans, you know, uh, like go blow up this many uh, oh, okay. food caches, that sort of thing. So I was kind of hoping the reason why you're playing it is was like, hey, if you really want some more Kotor nope. slash Mass I, Effect, you gotta sorry. go. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm never mind, mm-hmm. never mind. No, I've actually been playing a lot of Monster Train. That's what I've been playing a lot of. Uh, I saw that. I don't know what that is. It, or, it's uh, what, it's yeah, been compared a thousand times to me as uh, to Slay the Spire. People are always asking me how it compares to that game, and I'm like, I've never played Slay the Spire, so I can't help you. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, the reason I picked up Monster, Monster Train specifically is because one of my friends from uh, college is uh, one of the artists that worked on uh, the card design. So Monster Train is kind of like um, a collectible card game type deck building game. But uh, the concept is 
there's like five different species of uh, Hellborn, and they're like the five colors, like magic, basically. So you have a green deck, and that green deck is um, spikes and regeneration. The blue deck is uh, spell damage and frost, which is like a stacking long-term damage. Red is, you know, hurt spells and big damaged creatures. Black is uh, uh, like a morsel deck. So you eat little morsels and they give you powers and then different monsters have gorge. So like one of them, every time he eats a morsel, it gives him a lifesteal. So it's very much like a black deck, like magic too. You have lifesteal in the black one. And then the white one is a bunch Mm -hmm. of uh, candles that melt out. But every time they get reformed, they are stronger and you reform them with like literal reform cards that look like uh it's the art is adorable uh you have some really broken mechanics it there's no actual multiplayer because you can't have a game that's multiplayer like this because like the decks would be op against each other um the goal is to defeat the angels who are trying to put out the fires of hell and you're trying to relight them cool uh, and i didn't know that you were a card slinger it, I always had that issue with deck building games, like Magic especially, because Magic's one that my brother got into, like, in the 90s. We lived in Canada, but um, a best friend of my mom's worked uh, three months of the year in Seattle, so he would fly to Seattle, and then he would buy Magic cards for me, my brother, and his son. Um, But I was, like, five, six, seven at the time, so, like, I really didn't get Magic, but my brother was amazing at it. Uh, He just has, like, this mathematical brain. He's amazing at deck building, mm-hmm. and he wanted me to test decks, help him test decks. So I got good at, like, playing Magic when I could just read the cards in my hand, but actual deck building is a big weakness of mine. I just, like, hand me 600 cards, and I have no idea where to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my brother had 600 cards, you know? But uh, <laughs> the the nice thing about Monster Train is, like, um, you start with a deck based on the two colors that you pick, because you have a supporting and a main color. Uh, I like magic. Uh. Uh, and your main color determines what kind of champion you have and what the rest of your deck looks like. And then uh, after you beat every boss, you get like uh, randomized uh, artifacts or uh, like cards that you can add to your deck. So you, instead of choosing out of all of the choices, get like three choices at a time. And then you can upgrade the cards. So it makes the deck building really easy for me. And therefore I can try to work on my analytical brain without getting overwhelmed. So, it's great. I really like it. It's really fun. It's like 45 minutes at a time. Fill up some space when you're taking a break. I, I really feel you on, on deck building stuff. Like, the only game I've ever been able to, like, deck build from scratch in is Transformers, because I was there day mm-hmm. one and I got into it. Like, when I was playing Magic and people were like, you should play Commander! And I played some. Like, this is fun, but, like... I don't really know what to do. I don't want to just, like, go build someone else's deck. And they're like, oh, yeah. just build your own deck. And so I try, and they're like, oh, you should use this card instead of this card, and this card instead of this card. And I'm like, what are the what cards are you talking about? They're like, oh, they're from 1997. These ones are from 2006. And I'm like, yep. oh, right, there's, like, 30 years of cards to encyclopedia. I'm never going to know all of those. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> um, well, Magic has that system now, especially if you're going to uh, enter a tournament where it has to be within a set amount of, like, uh, releases. So yeah. after a year and a half or so, you can't even you're not even allowed to use that card in a in a deck. So yeah, I, that that was the thing that mm. I don't mean to keep bringing up. That's the thing that kind of killed me is I, I got yeah. in with a, with a standard format I really liked. Standard cycles every year, year and a half. Well, more like a year and a half to two years, I think. But 
standard cycles, it sets a lot in a kind of staggered thing. And so after a bit, I was like, oh, the cars I really mm-hmm. like are cycling out. So I thought, oh, I should play Modern. Modern's the one that uses everything from 06 onwards, and it seems popular. And I built one Modern deck, and then the whole format was terrifying to watch from afar, so I barely ever played it. Uh, and then I looked at Commander, and like that one was was fun with friends, but, but then like the, the more you play with random people, the more it's like... I feel like I'm just sort of chilling out watching the really clever person do their magic trick with their deck yeah. that they put together. Mm-hmm. And, yep. Uh, yeah. With magic, it's a lot about, like, knowing the secret combinations of things. And with Monster Train, it's fun because you just get to, like, throw shit out and see what what sticks together. And uh, you get surprised by combinations instead of having to, like, deduce them based on the 6,000 cards that are available. Yeah. There's a lot of, not a lot, there's there's a couple of really cool games that, that kind of use concepts like that to make it more accessible. Like, you know, Key Forge is just, the, the booster packs yeah. are the decks, or uh, Marvel Champions, uh, you can deck build, but you can also just take the two micro decks of two different aspects and put them with a hero deck, and you're done. So you're like, oh, I'm playing Iron Man uh, Charisma Laser Guns. <laughs> I just made that up. But uh, oh, there was one other one, Sky Tear is really cool. That's like a MOBA, but that's one where it's like, there's some deck building, but it's like you build a micro deck that goes with five, like five little micro decks. Each one goes with a character. You sit down with your five characters, and then each player gets to veto one character off the other person's team, and you put the rest of the cards together in a deck. Nice. Uh, like micro micro deck. You can't assembly. have Superman. Get that out of here. Exactly. Or if your buddies like wasted you every single time with like you know Kevin the chef. That's not a real character. But like, you're like, I'm getting sick and tired of getting beaten by Kevin the Chef. I'm vetoing Kevin the Chef. And if you know your friends, like, but I always play with Kevin the Chef. And you're like, that's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> play with someone else. <laughs> Don't try to pull that on me every time. Come on, man. No Kevin the Chef meta at my table. <laughs> uh, let's see. Have you uh, been geeking on anything else? Uh, I mean, I've been doing a bunch of tabletop roleplay stuff. Um, my uh, pot... Not the podcast, because this is the podcast. Um, my Twitch stream, uh, we officially do tabletops every Saturday now, so two of the Saturdays uh, every month are going to be a persistent campaign based on Scion, which is a, a system that was described to me, this is how it got my attention, as American Gods meets uh, like the Percy Jackson books. Uh, and cool. you know that I am very weak for mythology, and particularly for Neil Gaiman's work, so, uh, whoops. So we're playing a Scion campaign, and then the rest of the time I'm running uh, players that are, like, viewers on the channel through uh, Dungeons & Dragons one-shots, or uh, that ghost game that I told you about last time. Cool. I just had one yesterday, actually. It was really fun. All right. Um, Then Matthew... What have you been geeking on lately? I've just started watching Food Wars on <laughs> oh, yeah. Netflix. And I, I didn't really know what to expect, um, but the first time somebody ate something that tasted good, I was really surprised. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the, 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 the massive uh, hentai explosion yeah. that happens yeah. when that Wait, happens. What? Yeah. Or have you seen Food Wars? Oh, Food Sabrina? Wars is an anime. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. No, I I haven't seen it, uh, but I, I I think I I think I can put together the clues here. What's a hentai yeah. so explosion? Gekinosoma. 
Um, so, like, the story behind this is, like, the artist was a hentai artist at, before he did oh, this, really? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, he was like, woo, all right, you know, I'm not really making it big and stuff, and uh, my other passion, I love cooking, fucking love cooking, and then, like, he just started doing Food Wars, and he combined the two, and then it blew up, because, like, it's, like, battle anime over, like, recipes, and, like, the spoilers are, like, the ingredients or, like, techniques of cooking, mm. and then, like, it does, like, actually shock you when you find out that, like, it's just crumpled up cookies, holy <laughs> shit! And you're, like, and, yeah, it's so much fun. And then, like, at first, like, every time someone bites into it and, like, uh, they're blown away by the taste, like, it, it cuts into, like, a cheesecake hentai sequence of like oh my god uh the this fish is delicious and then like she she's thrown up in the air and there's like a swirl of water that covers her bits and like the fish that she eats like fly around her head or something like that mm. but then as the show goes on it goes more toward cooking and like he pulls way back on the hentai but like it's still mind-blowing <laughs> like the techniques you see it is it's a really fun watch and at first, the cheesecake really kind of almost took me out of it. But then I decided mm-hmm. I would, you know, it was it's really well animated. You like the characters, and it builds up dramatic moments really well. Mm-hmm. So I so pushed just past wanted- it. Yeah, it, it, it pushed it pushed one of my friends away. He was like, mm-hmm. "I'm not down." It's with understandable. This. I was like, "Woo, hentai!" But yeah, for me, I was like, "Yay, cheesecake!" It's but no, the storytelling, yeah. The storytelling is fantastic. It's it's really so. great. Um, and I what I really like is it with other anime, uh, with most anime that I guess I would watch. You know, the tension builds, the tension builds, and there's two people standing toe to toe, and then somebody says just the right, and then they start fighting, right? But but with mm-hmm. this, it gets to that moment where you're like, oh wow, somebody's gonna get hit, but no, nope, they just cook. <laughs> they just start cooking at each other, <laughs> and. They rise their their knife and they cut slowly, just glaring at each other. And basically, yeah, it's really good. Like every time, like because this anime, I think about the pickle in my uh, hamburgers. There's this like there's this one head to head where like you know they're cooking like maybe American cuisine or Mm -hmm. something like that, and like uh, the one guy or girl I can't remember who it was, but they they said something like. they're going through the technique of, like, one of them... I'm not going to spoil that part. Uh, we were just, just uh, talking about spoilers, uh, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I'll just spoil the pickle That's part. fine. Like, he's just like, he's going through the meat and the seasoning and blah, blah, And what everyone underestimates is the <laughs> And, like, you know, he, he, he has, like, specially, like, you know, pickled pickles, whatever. And he slices it up and puts it in and... Like, every time I have a good hamburger now, and I bite into the pickle part, I'm like, mm, holy fuck, you <laughs> People uh, do underestimate pickles, it's true. They certainly, they mm-hmm. certainly do. Um, and, you know, it's a very powerful taste, a pickle, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. it, can, it can overpower things. But, but something else that I think this show is teaching me is that I don't cook a lot, but I do occasionally, and I was like, ah, I'm okay. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I am. The same, we call those same. utilitarian cooks. Your cooking is fine. It's just not an art. Yeah, bear in <laughs> yeah, mind, no, usually fair. if you're cooking, it's it's for the audience of you. So Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah right, and the, the audience is not happy. They're gonna stop watching. I'm an unsatisfied audience. 
Like, yeah, if, if your only audience that is yourself is also <clears throat> not happy with the cooking, then, like, yes, things do need to, to probably shift up a little bit. Uh, I think so. I think so. And it's like... But, yeah, like, it makes you think deeper about when, like, yeah, like, you, you post up some ramen that yeah, you that made. Yeah, that and was good. Like, yeah, you know. <laughs> you put a little, little more effort into it. And, like, yeah, there's a ramen episode, and what he does with an egg, man, you're like, holy fuck, what? That's real? Right. Yeah. It, yeah, and all the all the recipes you can do in real life, which is great. I'm at some point I will try one, but yeah, those eggs like that's um I think I mentioned on my Instagram that's the first time I've hard boiled an egg in I don't even know how long ten twenty years <laughs> something like mm-hmm. that. I just don't hard boil eggs, you know. I do sunny side up. I, I make that's a lot fair, of omelets. Yeah, but because I think it was because I would always over hard boil them. I had hard boiled mm-hmm. them to until like the the inside was a powder basically. The yolk mm. was a powder, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, and just I've had yeah, those. Just, totally, and just kind of yeah. Wait, but yeah, just all you have to do is just not leave it in as long. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, oh, okay. Yeah, I got a, yep. I got a, I got a meat thermometer, and uh, mm. did you yeah. know that those take all the frightening parts away from cooking chicken? It's, yes, it's great. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I, I am. You know what? I've been thinking about getting a meat thermometer for some time for that very reason, and that's why my chicken is always dry because I'm terrified of getting yeah. salmonella. Yeah, all you do is if, if you're doing chicken breasts, you do one side till the color, you know, the 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 whiteness has creeped up about you know a centimeter or two, so you can see it coming up. You flip them mm-hmm. over. Um, usually, I'll throw in like a pat of butter and some garlic and like start spooning the butter as as you do. But then oh, yeah. mm-hmm. after like a minute, I'm like, I'm just going to stick the meat thermometer in here now. And then I'll just keep it cooking on this one side, but I'll just keep an eye until it hits 165. Nice. Uh, yep. And then the moment it hits 165, all them things are dead and I can, uh, I can take it off and then tent it for five minutes. I really like cooking and I, uh, in, in especially <laughs> the current environment, I highly, I highly push for anyone who's like, I think I'm going to try to cook something. It's like, yeah, do it. You feel you feel more autonomous, and and also you invariably end up feeling less sick after you eat stuff. Oh my uh, gosh, that's so true. Mm. And so every every time I order something, I just the amount of sodium <laughs> I know that I am consuming uh, from every place I get takeout from is is frightening. Uh, mm-hmm. I can feel it, you know. And and you you're, you're absolutely right. If I just like make a nice dish, like a, a chicken breast and some rice, and like maybe a little bit of greens, that's great. You know, yeah. wonderful. Doesn't need and to be if- fancy. And if you don't want to put sodium in, then it's like, hey, you know what? Sodium is not naturally occurring as like an ingredient that is just manifesting <laughs> on top of this thing. So I can I can just put a little bit on if I want to. You can even put some on. Like you probably shouldn't, but if you really wanted to, you could put it on afterwards. Uh, totally. You know, it won't won't be quite as nice, but it's you know <laughs> it, it's it's fun to experiment. And, and there's a lot of really straightforward recipes that are that are. Like once you learn them, you feel like a badass. Like once once I figured out how to do really nice fancy scrambled eggs. Uh, it's actually not like it, it's it's a little bit tricky, but then once right, you do it, you're like, "All right, so uh, I I I I kind of ripped this off from a couple different places and mashed it together into my own thing." Oh, of course. Um, but uh, I take a saucepan and I'll crack, say, like two or three eggs into it. Uh, throw in a pat of butter and a bit of garlic salt, and stir that around a little bit, and then I'll put it onto the heat. Uh, I'll put it onto the cold element and then get the heat going up to medium. Um, keep Mm -hmm. stirring it around as the butter melts, keep stirring it. The moment you start to see it, you know, solidify a little bit on the very bottom, like, you know, it starts, it stops being liquid, starts becoming, uh, you know, gel and solid, Mm -hmm. take it off the heat, stir it around a whole bunch, add a little shot of milk to slow the cooking process down, put it back on the heat, 
and then just keep stirring it, stirring it. If it feels like it's getting solid faster than you want, just lift it up and keep stirring it for a little bit. Um, you can put like some, some green onion in as well, if you want to, or whatever else, uh, just keep doing that. And once, once you no longer see any transparency, even if it's a little bit liquidy, stir it up a little bit more, turn the heat off, keep it on that element, stir it, stir it, stir it, take it off, put it somewhere else, go get, make some toast and then put it on top of toast. And it's really nice. So it's a, if, if that sounds familiar, some of that is stolen right out of the, the Gordon Ramsay YouTube video. But uh, dude, uh. dudes like use creme fraiche or something, and I'm like, okay, what if I just use milk? And it uh, <laughs> turns out it works out more or less the same, in my opinion. Uh, I wouldn't probably say that to like a chef's face, but like no. as far as me cooking at home, where yep. it doesn't matter. <laughs> like if and, I can't taste the difference, I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah, and, and having like nice scrambled eggs, you know, the classic homemade scrambled egg is done in a big frying pan where you basically get these little like rubber popcorns. Of, yes. of like stuff. So this way it's more creamy. So it's a bit more of an actual sandwich topper. Uh, oh, usually right now I've been adding a couple, uh, like a little sprinkle of, um, of uh, nutritional yeast flake uh, oh. flakes onto it. Uh, they add a bit of a new mommy flavor, which works well with the egg. It's nice. a little bit cheesy almost. And nice. uh, they bring out the yellow color in the eggs more. So it just looks nicer uh, mm. as well. And they add a bit a more protein. Uh, I only have them because I inherited them from a friend who was moving, and I inherited most of their kitchen. Uh, oh, nice! So I got Very a lot nice. of weird stuff. I, I just I, like I finally made use of the canned pears. I was trying to make steel cutouts, so I got this oh. deranged thing I make now, where it's like I'll make steel cutouts, and we add three tablespoons of peanut butter and a drizzle of maple syrup and half a can uh, or a can of halved pears, and I use like the pear water from the can as part of the water for the steel cutouts. Damn, smart, uh, nice. Uh, so it's you. like. It's like peanut butter pear oatmeal. Uh, wow. Very nice. Very, very good. Actually, I got some steel cut oats, um, steel cut good. Quaker oats, not too long ago. And then uh, on the silo of it, I didn't notice they, I could not microwave them. It says I, I need to make them on the stovetop. And so I have not made them yet. It's, uh, yeah, if you just follow the directions, it'll work. They're just very, it'll look like it's not working about 80% of the time. You're just like, this is a bunch of water and, and kernels. And then, okay. like, the absorption just starts to happen. It's like, it ends up being kind of like watery oatmeal. It's, like, very bland, because it's just oats <laughs> in water. Right. Uh, and so usually they'll say, like, afterwards, you know, make a bowl, then add a bit of milk and some some sugar or maple syrup or something. Uh, and, and that's more, that's probably smarter. I'm just lazy, so I'm like, what if I just mix it right in so it's all ready to go and I can just nuke up the extras later on? Um, and I got into using... Uh, it, I usually, um, with peanut butter in oatmeal, I got into doing that and specifically with the slightly junkier peanut butter that has salt and sugar added to it. Like, you oh, know, yeah. your, uh, your regular peanut butters, not the organic ones, but mm -hmm. I like using peanut butter as a sweetener because somehow it's creaminess and the peanut flavor, the saltiness in the peanut flavor mixes with the oats really well and brings out the, the natural and unnatural sugars they add. And then mm -hmm. you don't need to actually add like full on sugar on top or something if you want it to be sweeter. Nice. Uh, I'll give that a shot. Uh, I had not considered it, but um, it's, because it's normally, good stuff. Yeah, I, I make I make you know your standard oatmeal's and whatnot, and I'll you know I'll throw some honey on top of it, or maybe some like you know some kind of nuts or something like that. And it's, and it's good. It's good. But um, yeah. yeah, I'll give I'll give peanut butter. E even a shot. if you just even if you just do that with the steel cutouts, it'll probably be be fine. And uh, and yeah, to anyone out there, like you know, this sounds like a, like a seven year old person <laughs> talking to you, but like steel steel cutouts in the morning is real good fiber wise. Makes your makes your poop run uh, as a smoother operation. <laughs> That's um, a in the morning. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, it's it's, uh, it's also comfort food because it's just like warm, sometimes slightly sweet, like mush. Mm-hmm. And and if it's like if, if you didn't sleep very well or something, you're like, I just want to I just want to chew on some warm mush with chewy bits inside. <laughs> it is excellent sick food. <laughs> oh yeah, oh absolutely. Because like there's no there's no hard digestion going on. It's just like yeah, it's just kind of <laughs> like fiber slurry, but it tastes okay uh, and and it's chewy. <laughs> fiber slurry. <laughs> what a great word, slurry. Mm. Slurry. <laughs> One of my favorites. All right. Uh, been geeking on anything else, Mr. Matthew? I've been playing Ring Fit Adventure. I want to oh, play that. It How sells that? out everywhere whenever I have that money. That looks cool. So oh, I got I got very lucky. Um, I, I basically set up an alert and I found out they had it in stock at GameStop and I scooped it up immediately. And honestly, I was shocked at how effective it is. Yeah. I've, the concept sounds bad and that it shouldn't work because it's just a gimmick, I, but... But it works, and I agree with you. I was like, ah, gosh, I don't know, but I got so many good reviews, I wanted to try it, but it's they, they send you this ring, right, and one of the Joy-Cons snaps into the ring, and then the other Joy-Con straps onto your leg, and it does a really great job of keeping track of your body. So, you know, in the game, basically what it is is you're a character who is running through this land and defeating monsters using your exercise moves. And, <laughs> and so, like, the, the Joy-Con on your leg keeps track of your running, and the Joy-Con in the ring keeps track of what you're doing with the ring, whether you're putting it above your head or, like, squeezing it or pulling it, and the ring has a surprising amount of uh, resistance to it, and it gives you a genuine workout. It's, it's literally like a, it's basically your character in the game is using Pilates to fight monsters. Yeah, yeah. Um, my my roommate, who's really into fitness, described it as like a hit workout or something. Yeah, uh, hit workout. <laughs> so uh, I guess that's what it is. But honestly, like I I've only I played it I think eight times, and my pants already fit better. Oh, nice. Nice, I'm dude. always a fan of something that gamifies uh, exercise or like healthy habits or whatever. I use Habitica specifically for that reason because it like tracks stuff for you, so you don't have to think about it, but also rewards you, which is always nice. Ooh, you got to have those rewards. You said Habiticus? Habitica, like Habit- oh, what's the that? word habit. Oh, and I C A. It's oh. it's uh kind of like uh you put in all of your daily tasks, the your to do lists, and every time you finish something. You click on it, and it like you have a chance of getting an egg or some food that you can give to different mounts. So you collect like all of the different oh. colors of animals and stuff, or you know you just level up. Then you get certain powers. For example, you can be a rogue, and then the rogue can like avoid certain tasks, so you don't feel bad for skipping a task a couple days. You know that sort of thing. <laughs> just gamifying <laughs> and giving you points. Useful. It is very helpful, especially for you know us who were raised in a generation of video games being like, ah, you got another coin, ah, you got another coin, and we're like waiting for that to happen in real life, we just want it, so. I need it. I need it. I'm I'm gonna try that. Well, cool. sign up, and uh, we can join a group together, and then defeat uh, like, dust bunnies and things. Ooh. As a group. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it's cute. It's a cute thing. We can go on get your shit done quests. Yeah. Alright. Sounds mm-hmm. good to me. Alright, let's start a team. Here we go. Done. Well, nice. not. Uh, Keith, what are you geeking out on? Well, uh, thanks for asking. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, So, 
Like, there's been, like, a, a, a slow trickle of a trigger that started with the return of uh, Karate Kid and Cobra Kai, mm. where I forgot how much I was once a part of, like, the martial art uh, geekdom mm. that mm-hmm. existed, uh, and, like, uh, my friend has been recommending me, like, all these, like, 80s, 90s ones, and, like, I've been just going down that well and just kind of having my mind blown. Um there's just these people who aren't good actors, but they put all their heart into it. The directing's cheesy, but it has a certain kind of rhythm and feel that keeps you kinetically going. Things are almost laughable, but you're, you you find yourself locked into like the world that they're in, and you're having a great time. Like um, the the latest one that I've been watching was called American Shaolin. Uh, I just watched that last night, and um, usually. If you have American in like the martial art title, that to me it's gonna be a little iffy. Like American Ninja, um, it's a classic, but fuck that thing. Um, the martial arts weren't that good, and they made ninjas look weak, and like the uh, the fights, eh, they're, you know, okay. But like you know, this one um, starts off as like a uh, Karate Kid ripoff, and you're like, uh oh, okay. Let's see how you do this. Um, so it starts off with like the the kid. He gets his ass beat by the bully who fights dirty. And then he's like, I want to become a Shaolin monk to improve my fighting. And, like, you're like, uh, wait a second. Like, Shaolin monks so you can fight? <laughs> mm. uh, I, 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 in a tournament? I, that doesn't usually work. And uh, suddenly, like, um, he goes to China and he, he goes to this temple and he's being, like, cocky American guy and just like, okay, is, is he going to... Um, try to show the east how cool it is to be american and um it's genuine uh, he doesn't um the the monk temple breaks him down in a beautiful way that um allows him to keep his personality but know that he needs to grow beyond what he, he what he was when he showed up um daniel dai kim is in it and i didn't know he was a martial artist uh there is like 1991 so there he's really young um and yeah, like it, it keeps on going through like all this training that he does at the temple, and like how he fucks up, and then he almost gets kicked out, mm-hmm. and then like these like these beautiful lessons about like how um he the like the things that like I thought were going to be him being too cool for the East ended up being him the the movie itself was like no no we know he's being an asshole and dude you're being an asshole uh you're. You're going again. You came here to learn from us, but you're, you keep on being a quote unquote rebel. But you're fighting yourself, and like eventually he he humbles himself. He goes to this final challenge, and like he shouts out, "I am a Shaolin monk!" and does his pose, and like I cheered. I was <laughs> like, "Holy hell!" And then he does fight the bully at the end, but he's humble. He understands that you know fighting isn't for yourself, and it was just a fantastic yes. ride. And it started off like. The, the trip to this movie started off with um, a movie called No, Re- no Retreat, No Surrender. <laughs> if you guys have heard of that one. Uh, no. Well, someone sure has. <laughs> is, that, is that the old Cynthia Rothrock joint, or am I thinking of something else? Oh, that's No Retreat, No Surrender, too. <laughs> I didn't know there were two. Which I found out existed. Uh, which I found out existed oh when I started down this road. <laughs> so, like, I'm like... Karate Kid, Karate Kid two in three, and okay, and now let me find, let me go to this one ripoff, uh, No Retreat, No Surrender, where a kid gets taught by the ghost of Bruce Lee to fight Jean Claude oh Van Damme. That, that sounds like a <laughs> Jean Claude Van Damme's that first like a movie. That's like a Stan Bush song. Oh, and 
Um, what to my grand surprise, I was like, wait, holy fuck, the martial arts is amazing here. What's going on here? And like, there's like a Asian director who brought his style to the ripoff uh, to actually do really good martial arts. Yes. And then like, uh, this person went on to make a couple other movies. And then there's No Retreat, No Surrender 2 and 3. And like, they have nothing to do with each other except for the name. I'm not sure why they mm. did that. But once again, the Mar- Cynthia Rothrock's in the second one. And then there's a guy named Keith Vitelli in the third one, who I hear is a uh, cigar-smoking, whiskey-drinking Trump uh. supporter. And um, in the movie, he's a ch- shitty guy. Like, he, he he's really cruel to women, and, and he, he laughs about it, and he thinks he's cool. And, like, uh, like fuck this guy. Holy shit, he's a good martial artist. Like, I... It was an interesting uh, mm-hmm. experience watching him, like kind of being disgusted at the person mm-hmm. that he is, or and then like I find, I like, I'm enjoying laughing at him and not in a cruel way. Um, I see the fool that he is and that he doesn't see, but it's fun to watch him mm-hmm. go. And then, um, it, it keeps there's this thing that I've been keep questioning myself on: assholes that do incredible art, like um, uh, Orson Scott Card. Terrible person, but his Ender's Game series is full of characters that wouldn't like him. Like, I, I'm still yeah. baffled that he wrote that. And then Keith Vitale, he's art in motion. Like, when he starts going, and then his, he, he, he does this, like, shuffle with his feet before he starts kicking. And just like, god damn, he's good. So it's just, it was, it's just like an interesting feeling of, like, a person you know who's you, you wouldn't like, but the art, you can't help but go, mm. wow. That was beautiful. And yeah, that has been my like interesting trip through these martial art movies and I'm I got a couple more to check nice. out, so that's one of the things I've been geeking on. The other thing is getting back into <laughs> Ultraman with Ultraman Z. Um yeah, so uh I, I, I had Ultraman kick for a little while and they eventually you know, you you get to those series that you find out that it's not the the brand name that you're in love with, but the creators mm. that were doing it. Yes, and you've been talking like, about those they, 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 Yeah, they, 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 like, he, they, they lean, to me, like, um, they lean too hard into, like, for babies and for toys. And then this latest one comes out, and it's really, it was goofy at first. And I was like, oh, God, am I going to hate this one, too? But then it hits a tone of um, being perfectly simple. And that's what I started loving. Like, it's, like, these, like, um, good-natured heroes, they have their base, they have giant robots that they, that can can only last for five minutes, Mm -hmm. um, they look a little silly, but, like, the, they, the, whoever's making the show, they, everyone gets it. They all get the tone they're going for, they all mean it, and they've been bringing back old heroes, or new, now new old heroes, like, there's a kid named Ultraman Jeed, um... Who a couple years ago, like I can't remember how many years. Just like ago a, it was. I think a two years um, ago, because it was Jeed, then Rube, then okay. Zed. So yeah, two years ago. Okay. Yeah. So he, so he's still like he's a kid in the show, and he's still new. But now that it's been two, three years in, like he shows up in this show, and now he's the veteran. <laughs> it's kind of cool to see him grow from the little geek that like get collected toys, who is now an older geek that. He still has this like keychain toy that of his television hero that he likes, but like the new heroes, like oh, you're Ultraman Jeed, you're so cool. And it's just like, man, all right, I'm back, I'm back, and 
think I'm going to pick up some toys. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, that's what I've been geeking on. Ultraman and martial arts. It's also a ton of, not to keep the tangent going, but I gotta say, I went to look up, because I'm like, I still gotta get yeah. the, the Orb Blu-ray, because I want to watch Orb, because I, I liked what I was seeing, and mm-hmm. and I, I like I like the idea of what I've heard of what comes next, and then I looked, and I'm like, Wait, there's even they they did the because they did for Orb and Jeed, they released this thing where it's like, yeah, for thirty bucks, here's the entire series plus its movie on in a Blu-ray set. Uh, uh, oh, nice, oh, thirty oh, bucks. Okay. They they've now wow. done that for a couple other series too. I can't remember off the. I think one of them might be X, but I can't remember. There's like three or four hmm. of them now of new generation Ultraman where it's like, hey, here's the whole series on Blu-ray for like a, you know a, a, a pittance. Uh, I really want to pick some of those up now because um, I, I I could I could watch it on Crunchyroll still, but like I hated mm-hmm. I hated streaming it on Crunchyroll because it always janked out every like twenty minutes, uh, and mm. I, it might not be a problem anymore. But I want to just have it there, um, uh, and I want I want to I want to give the Jeed movie a shot too because I like Jeed, but admittedly I like Jeed more so for Zero, because uh, the one dude uh, oh for me the one dude who kept on doing a Bruce that was the Zero's host yeah he's yeah. a human. Yes, I liked I how he got guy. referenced in that that move that fifty minute movie I watched. There's a throwaway line where Zero gets an upgrade form, and 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 Jeed mm-hmm. is like, "Don't tell uh, don't tell Leto that you can do that without him because he'll probably feel really bummed out." Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, is that human actor ever going to come back? I it, it feels like I, I, I gotta. I haven't really f- kept up with them. They. I don't. I don't really know what they do. Like, mm-hmm. I was gonna say I don't really know what they do with human actors in Ultraman, but then apparently, like, you know, fifteen of them or whatever have already showed up in Zed. So, uh, so yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, former villain. Like, it was really cool. In like this Ultraman Z uh, or Zed. Um, I don't know why you Outlanders say Zed because <laughs> it's how you, it sounds. It sounds how we started we just... saying it first. <laughs> you guys are the ones who made it weird. Uh, pretty sure. Pretty sure. Pretty sure it's Z. I'm uh, not. I'm actually yeah, not having this yeah. conversation we, we got with rid you of, like, Canadians do say Zed, but I personally do say Z, so uh, I'm the wrong person to have this fight with. <laughs> I, oh, I, I used to not. I used to interchange, but, but then the more I noticed that every time I say Zed, someone reacts. I'm like, well, I'm just going to keep yeah. saying oh, Zed now. That's a great. <laughs> actually, that's a. I, I respect that. That's a, <laughs> a legitimate good reason to keep saying. In, it. in Ultraman, in Ultraman Z, in Ultraman Z, they say Zed. Uh, um, yeah. In Stargate um, Atlantis, they say in, Zed. <laughs> one, no, no. Not everyone says Zed. Some say Z, some say Zed. Uh, anyway, um, but in Ultraman Zed, uh, there's like this this one actor who's like you know part of like the the strike team, and like he looked familiar and stuff. And I didn't know it was the same actor who was the villain from two to three years ago. And then like an episode happens where he kind of like smirks, looks at the camera, and goes, "I haven't been pumped this this pumped up in a while." It turns out he is the character from two three years ago. He's not. Playing oh a different God. character, he's the villain hiding himself in another universe, wow. and it's that's, so much fun. Like, that's yeah, and then like the hero from a couple years ago runs into him and says, "What the fuck are you doing here?" And he says, "the the the former villain guy goes, if I told you I was here to help humanity, would you believe me?" <laughs> wink, wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah, you don't know what he's doing there, what he's up to, but yeah, it's. It's a fun That's ride. A they, uh, they do some fun, some they do a mm-hmm. fun gag like that in that uh, that Common Rider movie that that was the big like first streamed Heisei movie a couple weeks ago, uh, mm-hmm. Generations Final. Uh, they, they do a fun bit of that with Otoya's actor, um, in a in a oh. literal fourth wall <laughs> moment because he's also in Build as a completely different character. 
yes. Say no more, please. Don't, don't yeah, spoil I this it. one it's, for it's, me. It's fun. Uh, also, he he looks younger in build yeah. than he did in Kiva, which is crazy. Yes, he does. It's been like nearly <laughs> ten. Is it? Was it literally ten years? Yes. I can't even remember. No, it was slightly less than ten years, but that doesn't change much. <laughs> My gosh. Toya, the the crackhead womanizer who likes to um, build violence. Yeah, he's I love he is a, a a very cool character in build. They even put a little Kiva nod when he when he's when he's in build and they add him to the opening sequence. There is a split second in mm-hmm. the background shot where they do a bunch of different shots from the same angle of in the coffee shop. In the very back, there just happens to be like a big like uh, cello, and for a half second, the actor oh for one God. of the shots is just like kind of squatting and staring at the cello. And it's like, oh, you Whoa. know that they did that on purpose. This guy. Oh, they sure did. Nice. No shot makes it in there on accident. <laughs> yeah. That's not how shots work. That guy, he's such a good actor. He, yeah, he, he, uh, Kiva was like, like my fir- one of my first, uh, comrades where I go, oh, not all this is going to blow my mind. But every time he was on the screen, like, he's just a goofball. He's so good in build. He's so good in build. Oh, Kazumin. I'll be going back to build. <laughs> I'll be going back to. Uh, build. I got. I, I got the. I got All the right. SHF set of his figure arts, where it's him. Uh, it's like a mm-hmm. special set they did with him and three figure art zeros, and the the art is themed after the fact that his character is a potato farmer. <laughs> so it's like the Sawatari Farm <laughs> set, and it has like this potato farm with all the figures standing in it. It's great. Amazing. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, I think that's going to be uh, the end of what we've been geeking on. Uh, we're going to stop our recording, and we'll meet you on the other side to take on the space vampires in Life oh Force. <laughs> but you were just going to say space vampires and leave it there, and I would have been cool with that. Mm. <laughs> we're just going to fight some space vampires. <laughs> More we'll about that. Right. <laughs> on the other side. See you there. From the director of Poltergeist and the writer of Alien comes a terrifying new film. I'm getting a very small radar cross-section. 150 miles long. EGR's confirmed. Tell them we have an artificial object out here. In the tale of Haley's Comet, there's something wrong. Something ancient. Something evil. Jesus. Houston, we have a problem. Something's happening to me. Something hungry that's brought to Earth. She's destroyed worlds. That girl was no girl. She was totally alien to this planet and our life form. And totally dangerous. We just found a body in Hyde Park. Life Force. Close your eyes. I visited you how? In my mind. Let it go! It's already spreading. You didn't stop it, it's too late. Come, be with me. Life Force. The terror has just begun.
three, two, one. I, that, I, th- I feel like we all clap differently, but my, the guy who does our sound is, is a master at this in like, uh, he's, he's Sonic Clang, and apparently he's famous for doing like um, Doom soundtracks. He either he wow. actually hey. helped with the Doom soundtrack or he put it on. Anyway. Shouts out to audio Clang. editors. Shouts out to audio editors. Pay your Woo. editors. Respect your editors if you can't pay them. Just treat them well. Editors yeah. need to be treated better all the Thank time. Thank you, Brian. I Thank have you biases. For hooking this I have up. biases. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> and so, remember to clap. Um, <laughs> now here we are to talk about life force. Um, one of, one of the things I've been like excited to do on this podcast is like make my friends watch like crazy movies that <laughs> like otherwise they wouldn't have time to watch. And um, I'm prepared for the potential disappointment that you guys might have had in it because I watched like a a favorite YouTuber of mine, and I was like, I can't wait to see what she thinks because I love this movie. And she's like, what Let me guess, the she fuck hated was it? that? Oh yeah, she she was pre she was. Very, very impressed. Uh, comic Book Girl 19, also mm. Danica something. Mm. Um, she's very impressed. Uh, she is very impressed by what she saw, but she but. didn't understand what she saw. She's like, it was all over the place yep. and a little boring in places. Mm. So what the hell happened? So mm-hmm. we'll start with Matt. Ah. Boom. Got you. What do you think of Life Force? It was all over the place. It really, really mm-hmm. was. This movie wanted to be so many things. Um, yes. I will say, right off the bat, I was shocked by the production values. I did not expect it yeah. to be so good. For mm-hmm. real! I think they spent all of their money on the special effects. Yeah, I mean, this is like the mid-80s, right? Is when this came out? Yep. And mm-hmm. like the, the, the shuttle, the space shuttle, came into view in space, and I'm like, right. that looks solid. Right there. It's gorgeous yeah. still. Yeah, and those giant solar sails and everything. Um, but yeah, just like the, you know, the uh, over... Oh yeah, the miniatures were awesome. Yeah, very... Oh my gosh, the miniatures. <laughs> yeah, like, um, I'd really, really quickly on that, like, um, a, a, a lot of this podcast came from uh, the destruction of Star Wars for me, and like me trying to retread back on like, so wait, what did I used to like in movies? And so I, I, I uh, there was like this a way you can hack your Fire Stick and like unlock like unlimited movies, and you can find like these like things you've never heard of, and you click on it, and then like there's like a movie that I hope we get to review called Galaxy of Terror. Oh. You turn it on, you're like, what's this bullshit? <laughs> oh, holy shit! And then like the, the production value will blow you away, and it's a lot. There's a lot of '80s movies like that where you're like. It sounds cheesy, and it is, but you, once you get in there, you're like, why does everything look amazing? Right. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, but just like – I'm not going to get into my list yet of things, but just from like the 20,000-foot mm-hmm. uh, situation. Overall, I did, en- I did enjoy it. I actually agree. There were parts that I was bored. There were moments where I just kind of – I was all, all full up on Life Force, and so I paused the movie, went mm-hmm. and did something else, and came back to it. Um, mm-hmm. and I love the practical effects. So many of those were just just great to see. And a number of points, the practical effects, I'm like, okay, this doesn't look real at all. Of course it doesn't look real, mm. but it's still beautiful. They're damn good mm-hmm. effects. Yeah, yeah. really. The, the, the drained people uh, puppets the animatronics, were amazing. Yes. Yeah. They so, were amazing. Just amazing. So yeah, like, I think I think you, get, you had a good um, way of how we'll do our podcast where – each one of us will do a general take, and then we'll run down our list of like notes. Yeah, so cool? yeah, totally. So my my overall take, I mean, it's problematic problematic most of the way through. 
Um, mm-hmm. and, but uh, overall, I did enjoy it. It wanted to be so many things, uh, and it succeeded in a lot of them, didn't succeed in others. But uh, if you're looking for a cheesy, trying really hard, and for the most part succeeding horror movie with space, then this is what you're looking for. Cool. All right. Uh, Sabrina, what do you think? Can I go last? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vangelis, you go. Yeah, I, I never heard of this until you, like, told me to, to check it out um, for, for this podcast. And I was actually locked in for the entire movie. I was, I was like, riveted because I actually very much agree. It, it's, it's a beautiful movie, and it's a complete mess mm-hmm. of interesting mm-hmm. ideas. It's like, I thought of it as a bunch of one-fifths of a bunch of movies I would like to watch. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, like, it, it was for the first, like, act... It feels like no, this is kind of cool. This feels like a, like this could go somewhere, and then like it, it really it's 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 about um, a third of the way in when when the idea wall starts to widen, uh, and then it's 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 uh, it kind of culminates in. By the way, there's a zombie apocalypse that's not zombies, <laughs> oh and and you just you're just like you didn't really need to throw zombies in, and and I was actually more interested in these not being zombies based on the first one who this happened to. Uh, the the young man who mm-hmm, uh, who yep. briefly got his life force back, and then the, that's if it was more of that, that, that would have got me. Like it was just a lot of like neat ideas, and and it was fascinating to watch. I had to go read uh, at least the Wikipedia article afterwards. Is fascinating trivia in this as well. Uh, there's the whole thing about the U.S. cut that removed actors and dubbed a couple of them. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, there, there's also uh, apparently one of the male vampires said there that straight up like. There are scenes that never got shot because they ran out of money like multiple times. That sounds about right. Hmm. Uh, and when when I read I that, yeah, that. I was like, yeah, it felt like there were scenes missing, mm-hmm. and I, I kept forgetting there were male vampires. Yeah, even yes. when I was watching the movie, they were not they are featured. easy to forget. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then one of them even had a line, and I was like, <laughs> but then I was like, that can't possibly be that actor's voice. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> It'll be much scary if you just come to me. Something like that. Uh, yeah, it sounds like it was, Megatron. <laughs> If, if if you have the time, if you have an interest in in uh, in grandiose production that clearly has a story behind it, like I do think it's kind of worth checking this thing out. Like it's messy as hell. Yep. Uh, it, it's it's very horny um, <laughs> in a way that's like it's very. very it's very horny, but like a teenager in that nothing yes. ever happens, but there's a naked lady the whole time. But like, <laughs> like no one knows, it's like no one knows what to do with any of the parts in the movie, you know, like a naked, like, like, and then they're like, it's like, okay, we're gonna have a naked lady and everyone's going to be real horny. And it's like, okay, what do they do? They put their face in front of each other and suck lightning out of their faces. Like, I, um, or, or the like standing, I think sex scene. At, at the end. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> the fondle not, scene. Not clear. I would uh, I would I would slate it with the sex scene because like we're slating the motion picture, the Star Trek motion picture scene with Decker as a sex oh, scene. Oh yeah, right? that well, that was almost similar. Almost yeah, almost exactly yeah. similar. It, it's a it's a it's a weird movie, and and I, I do gotta say like like it's it definitely. I w- if someone said I didn't think that was very good, I probably wouldn't argue with them very much because <laughs> yep, it's like yep, there's. Yep. Plenty of reasons why this isn't good, and a lot of it is structural. Like, it, we're not really doing a bit here, I think, when at least two of us already have said, like, this movie was a mess. Mm. It, it is a, it is a friggin' mess. And one of the, one of the beautiful parts is afterwards, I read that, like, some of the quotes from both the writer, either the writer or the director, and then the author of the original short story were all like, uh, 
right? Like, your response to this? Uh, we don't really know what happened. Either are bad. The fuck the, you guys the author. The author wrote a short story literally called Space Vampires. Yep, that's right. And then, like, mm. the... And the and then Toby Hooper has a quote where he's like, uh, Life Force had a great look but lacked a screenplay, and there wasn't a hell of a lot to be get done about that except to change it completely. The film started off as Space Vampires. That's probably what it should have actually been called. With a title like that, you'd look at it with a diff- 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 uh, completely different set of sunglasses. I was like, you're so right. Calling the film Life Force actually makes it more confusing. Well, the, it was because <laughs> going into it, like they're the they they uh, it was uh, Canon Films. They're legendary for making these like cheap ass like cheesy films, mm-hmm. but they yeah. wanted to hit the big time with this one. So they're like, all right, and then like they found this book, Space Vampires, and they're like, oh my god, this is it. We're gonna blow people away, and then. They're getting into it, and they're getting really excited about what they're creating. They're like, Space Sand Vampires sounds like Invasion USA. It it sounds cheesy, and I I don't want to do cheesy. We're trying to make something really good here. So that's why they got rid of, like, the cheesy name and went for the epic name. It's such a weird effect, because, like, calling it Life Force makes the movie come off like, you know, like, like generally an awkward teenager is what a lot of the movie feels like to me. Mm -hmm. Uh if it was called Space Vampires, it would feel like a very matured and surprisingly beautiful movie called Space Vampires, as opposed to Interesting. like a kind of struggling movie called Life Force. Like, I think that the, it might have been a gag when 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 Toby Hooper said it, but like, I, I kind of felt like it was really on the mark too. Like, well, if it was just called Space a, Vampires, my expectations a, would be so much lower. Very different. As a kid and then as a teen growing up, I jokingly called it Space Vampires. Um, yeah. I didn't know about the backstory that was actually called Space Vampires. <laughs> and like, yeah, I was like, ah, ha, ha, guys, it's Space Vampires. But yeah, apparently that was the original name. Uh, it's so weird because like really quickly the movie basically says, wait, are these are these vampires but from space? <laughs> and it's like, yes. you could have just said it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This yep. is this is where the entire vampire legend came from. Um, <laughs> no, that was one of those moments where I was like, wait, wait, calm down, calm down. No, 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 this <laughs> we is all vampires, a movie. all vampires. <laughs> Go we hold, on, hold on, They set it up early with the Haley's Comet thing, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, but, like, it didn't need to be said. Like, I could have, I could have put that together, and... I, I, I think back then, it was not as easy to put together, because it was so massively unconventional. Um, yeah. yeah. Can I jump in now? Yeah, for sure. one last thing I want to throw in. A lot of the actors did a really good job. Yes. Especially yes. all things uh, yeah. considered. Like when I when I when when I'm kinda sound like I'm dunking on the movie, it's like it also looks beautiful and the actors are going for yeah, it. Yeah, they are. With mm-hmm. like 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 kind of with nothing. And it, it's it's fun to watch. Like there's a lot of actors in this you don't really see in a lot of other places unless you start digging back into film history. Mm-hmm. Uh a lot of lot of British actors, a lot of stage actors. I, I have a, a gag about Patrick Stewart, but I'll wait until he comes up. Nice. Because uh, he made me laugh in a fun way. I was I was pleased to see him. Uh, but yeah, Keith, go ahead. <laughs> All right. So for me, um, yeah, this I, this I go way back with this one. Uh, this was the movie that me and my friends would get away with seeing naked women in. Uh, like, we're, we're young boys and stuff, and, like, you know, you, you don't get to see that. Like, you can't. It's it's it's, it's forbidden. But then, like, you know, you say, hey, Mom, me and my friends are going to watch uh, Space Vampires Life Force, and, like, no parent wants to see that stupid shit. So you're like, cool, all right. And then, like, they, they all leave the room. We're like, ah! <laughs> and, <laughs> and, we, and we sit down and we watch it, and, like, you know, we're, we're, our minds are blown by that much nudity and we're like whoa but then like 
Yeah, but the fantasy aspect of it was we we, we kept on coming back to it. it was like we liked our Star Wars um, and Star Wars ripoffs, and this was so bizarre and, and, and pulled together. Like um, I didn't know the word the I didn't know how to say it back then, but I I loved the unconventional story structure. Like the mess mm. of it was just like not knowing what's going to happen next or or how things happen next. Like in the middle of the story. You should have like a, a mid boss throwdown or something like that, but it doesn't happen. Like you have like this weird detective thing where where people are being now boring and like they're they're tracking people down. Then holy shit, the things are exploding. You're like, what is this movie? And like it just stuck with us throughout time. Like I'm um, sure young boys being pervy, but then like we come back around like. God damn, like that last act. Like, we didn't say that, but we we're like, <laughs> everything's exploding. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, once we get to the final act, like, it, it, it's so, it, it's a, it's such a boring lull in the middle that we don't think that we're going to see the apocalypse by the end of the movie where, like, the whole city's oh. exploding and yep, people getting torn apart. And you're like, oh, sudden. My, yeah. That was definitely sudden. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So like, I, I actually had a I had a small letdown because when they kind of went like, and uh, London has fallen uh, out of nowhere, I was like, <laughs> okay. And then like, London didn't fall as much as I wanted it to. Yeah. Uh, when you I walk through the seats, there's just you know dead bodies everywhere. It was and, looking like, pretty. It's weird because there's piles. Yeah, there's like dead bodies everywhere, and like somehow like it felt more apocalyptic on the reveal than on the on the deep dive. I guess like I was okay. kind of. It's kind of hoping for like I want. I was basically like I kind of want. I kind of want Colin Kane, the the SAS guy, to just get like offed out of nowhere. And like I, I was, I, I was happy he didn't because I like him. But I was yeah, also yeah. like, I want, I want the dystopia. I want him to just like get yanked out of a helicopter and disappear from the movie. Oh yeah, like, actually, I did want him to fall too for some reason. Like I didn't want him for to some make reason. it to the end. Jeez. Oh, oh yeah, no, no, not to dislike him, but like yeah, I wanted yeah, him like, to go all in on like I, I, yeah, I guess, yeah, destruction. I, I was happy that he survived, but, like, at that particular part in the movie, I was like, I think thematic satisfaction for me is you actually kill everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like... <laughs> yeah! That would have been so nice! <laughs> yeah. I hear that. So, yeah, that's my take on it. Like, I, it's followed me through time. It's always been in the back of my mind. Mm. Um, coming back to it as an adult, like, it, I'm reminded of, like, the wildness of just, like, just, yeah, you don't get movies like this anymore, and, like, y you didn't get it back then either. It was just, like, out of nowhere, um, craziness, um, a mishmash of like, what genre is this? Mm -hmm. And then they fly into the sky together, and you're like, what? Like it, to me, mm -hmm. even by the end, like, oh, the the, the fun twist was like, you, you go through the movie, and you feel like you should have a final throwdown to stop her before this apocalypse happens, and then by the <laughs> end, of it, it's already I going on. They, yeah, what was that? JK's already going on. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I already like it was the 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 Watchmen twist. I already did it. Like, yeah, when they find out, like, what? Oh my god, there's, she infected other people, and then like, yeah, by the end of it, like, I think she won. Um, they got some life worth back up to that ship, and it glowed, and it was like, peace out. See you guys next comet season. Ah. <laughs> oh my yeah, god! Yes, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I think that's how it ends. I could one hundred percent see. Uh, not, not, this is not a bit either. Like, I think that if like you know you're a you know teenager, really young, and you catch this movie kind of off the grid, and you just check it out, I could see this, this movie leaving an impact. Like, it's, it's a like yeah, it's a totally. it's a I, if if I saw this <laughs> when I was in high school, <clears throat> I, I would never forget this movie. Like, yeah, <laughs> um, my, when I was posting on my Facebook, um, one of the guys I used to watch it with as a kid just posted, "LOL, oh my god, this movie." <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, 
Oh shit. Uh, hey, you guys talk filler. I need to go outside and grab my plants because apparently a storm's about to hit. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, be, okay. Be, be right back. Be all right, back. all right. Get those. Uh, get those plants. <laughs> so here's here's some filler. The next time Haley's comet yeah. is coming is 2061. I'll be ready. Uh, we'll still be alive. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, fi- I'll be ready. Fingers crossed. I'll be alive. Um, I, I'll, that'll be perfect timing for me to have my life force transferred into another yes. vessel. Uh, yeah. So that I can continue. I'll be. Mm-hmm. I'll be. Yeah. A, yeah. I agree. If I'm. If I'm still kicking, right I'll be about ready at that point. Um, I'm just gonna sit, prop up on my porch with some popcorn. Flood advisor. <laughs> we got a flood advisory. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like. Wow. I'm looking out the window. It does that specific kind of like darkening, and the wind's going. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh shit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. We gotta. We gotta. We it, not not to to pull the curtain back too much. Over here in Toronto, we're in a humidity thunderstorm cycle. Huh? Oh. So uh, we're Ooh, about a day are... or two away from our next thunderstorm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that 80% Humidex, by which I mean I'm not looking forward to the 80% Humidex. <laughs> One of my Sub- friends is in New York. They're experiencing about the same kind of weather right now, and uh, humidity and heat makes her prone to migrants, so she's not having a good summer. Woo! Yeah. Sabrina, what do you think of uh, Life Force? Okay, well, I didn't want to. I didn't want to go before this because I wanted to hear what you had to say about it before I, I uh, go for spake it. my opinion. It makes sense to me that you would feel nostalgic towards it for the same reason that uh, he said. You know, it it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. But while I was watching this movie, I was like, did I did I make Keith mad? Is he punishing me? <laughs> <laughs> Why Why am I being forced to watch this? Okay, you, you have to understand, like, from my perspective, the fact that it's horny is, like, 80% of the movie. You literally see three female characters. One of them is the one who just, like, makes, uh, like, rolls her eyes when they're like, oh my god, this woman is perfect. One of them is the body that she, like, inhabits that you never see speak as herself, and actually the only time you see her as herself, she's, like, an animatronic desiccated body. And the third one spends most of her life, most of her time naked and unconscious. Mm-hmm. Just uh, like, also, let that sink in for a sec. Also, there was absolutely no minorities in this film whatsoever. Not a single one that I saw. It, it was a British-ass movie, and it took me a bit to ca- I actually had to look up to see if the guy playing Colonel uh, Carlson was American or not, because his accent was so weird. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was like, is this guy British? He's not. He's, he's American. Apparently, he's a chameleonic actor who, like, just gets eaten by roles. But I was like... This whole thing. Yeah. It took me a second. I was really like staring. I was like, wait, this is just British. This is a British as hell movie. And then it's like, yeah, it's a UK production. I was like, there's, this is such an American feeling movie. Yeah. Like right. in, in the concept, but like, it's just British as hell. All these like stage actors. <laughs> yeah. There were a lot of stage actors. It was insane. It was like, wait, I know some of these names. Yeah. I'm not from film. What, what's happening right now? Um, I, I did like the Haley's Comet plot. I thought, oh my god, the beginning of this movie really made me miss, like, 80s sci-fi because they used fucking colors. Yes. Did you see that? There were, like, crisp whites, reds, uh-huh. oranges, blues, greens, all of the colors! Oh my god, it's like, <laughs> we can do more than blue and orange? Who knew? Yeah, um, like a unique color palette. Like, I, I feel like movies lately have, yeah, they, they all have started they all have to the have same a, color palette, a, a similar yeah. look, yeah. Mm. There's actually, like, a certain filter you can apply to uh, cameras that's, like, a grime filter. And mm-hmm. If you ever apply it to something that you've... Footage that you've taken, you'll be like, oh, this looks familiar. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, uh, any other thoughts? Uh, oh, yeah, I have plenty, and we'll go through them. But, uh, yeah, it was just very horny and <laughs> um, kind of frustrating in that aspect. I, gotcha. I'm always a fan of, like... 
uh, wonky vampire lore, so I actually got really excited when they were like, okay, it's an alien from the comet, and uh, it, like, bred vampires last time the comet was here, and that's why we're still talking about them, and now that it's back, um, there's, you know, more vampires, and there's that one reveal that I was like, I was waiting the whole time, I was like, there must be some leftover from the first time the comet was here. Um, um, so I- that was fun, but, uh, y- you know, it's hard for me to think about much else except the fact that <laughs> that lady had like almost no lines, and she was naked literally the whole movie. But okay, I, had, yeah, I had to look um, up. I had to look up that lady's career afterwards. Cause I was like, I was like, just what about happened to, to her? Yeah. Oh, so like, okay, so now that I'm an adult, uh, regarding the naked aspect of it, um, still sexy to me, of course. But like, um, as actual art, I I really actually do like. Uh, I love her. Um, mm-hmm. she like I was thinking like this uh, this time around watching it that there's something. Like, they keep on saying, she's perfect. I'm like, she is. Like, how is she doing this? Like, there's something about every movement she does, every smile, that is just so perfectly <laughs> alien to me that I, I love it. Like, she, to me, does look like um, something you should be afraid of, but also beautiful. And then apparently, like, uh, the thing that you're seeing on screen is that uh, before this, she was a, she's a professional dancer. And then mm-hmm. also, she doesn't know English whatsoever. Uh-huh. Um yeah, it's like, so, uh, she was, uh, told by someone, hey, do you want to go into a movie? She's like, what? I can just go into a movie right away? Like, without, like, a 50 year experience? She's like, no, no, no. We just play, um, apply for the part. She's like, I don't know English. They're like, they were like, it. no, it's J- fine. J- we just need to see your boobs. Yeah, she learned her lines phonetically. So everything she's saying, she doesn't fully know. <laughs> well, no, no. By the end of the shoot, she spoke English. Whoa. But like, yeah, um, but through it, the reason why she's so alien is because she does have a distance barrier of language on her face that, to me, comes off as ethereal alien. And, like, yeah, I, I loved her mm-hmm. performance and, and how she came across. And because of the language barrier, it created a more distant kind of person in this world. So, like, and, like, also, <laughs> I loved how she moved. Like, um, like, yeah, like, the last couple times I watched it, I'm just, like... The way she moves, even, is just so, like, perfect. Like, okay. d- yeah, it, 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 yeah she, she's got a, a, a very choreographed sort of style yeah, of walking. I could, I could totally catch that. I think, because for it's me, like, dancers I, I, I remembered one more horny thing about the movie, so, like, it's mm-hmm. on my mind now. Right. Um, but, like, it's not even, it's not the nudity, because, like, I've, you know, I've, I've watched a lot of movies where like nudity happens so like that mm-hmm. doesn't really get me anymore and and I, I don't mind nudity as a concept i just wish that the dude's junk was visible i, I hated all the right. uh mm-hmm, the constant mm-hmm. the constant like just as, there happens to be some fog and or an object in front of their nuts mm-hmm. so that they don't have to be naked on set and i'm like come on i think someone's walking but she has to be naked straight up every like, <laughs> you, like if you showed like you know the, the mr bojangles down there in the <laughs> 80s that was that was completely off the table um, I was just, I was, it mostly made me mad because I was like, she's not just naked on screen. She's like walking through a lot of sets. She's walking through a blown out glass window. Yeah. Uh, and like there's stuff, they have her walking off into a field in the distance. It's like mm-hmm. these dudes, I, these dudes better have been naked at least on set mm-hmm. for the sake of like. I doubt they were. Yeah. Like, like you got it. If, if one person's naked and you're also all standing around filming stuff, like. Someone else has got to do it too. Like it's kind of you know, and it would have made sense mm-hmm. to um, me. Yeah. Like, to me, like there was a good story reason of her not wearing clothes because those things. She's an alien. Those things, yeah. Those things don't give a shit about clothes. So like the guys also definitely shouldn't have been caring about clothes. Yeah. yeah see, 
that did occur to me, and then I was like, hmm, hold on, okay, but why are they wearing clothes then? Yep, and, uh, he's in a suit. Secondly, yeah. there is a scene, very briefly, she's naked, 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 and then ten minutes before the end, there's a scene where you see that she's actually wearing something when she sleeps, and then he walks into the room and she, like, does the scene where she holds her arms out and you see the light through her, her sleeves, and then she's naked in the scene again mm-hmm. after that. So they were like... We want the effect of the sleeves in this, so we're going to have her be dressed in this, but we'll have her be naked in literally every other scene. And I'm sorry, the fact that she couldn't speak English before she started doing that just made that much worse for hmm. me. Not better. Uh, she um, knew she, um, I did think of that she, alien thing. Hold okay. on. I did think of yeah. that alien thing, like she doesn't wear clothes because she's an alien, but that's like, when you think of the reason for the thing to be horny, so you have an excuse for it to be horny, it's not the other mm-hmm. way around. Sorry. Also, the uh, the scene that y- y'all made me remember, which I thought was actually the peak discomfort horny, no. was the bit when uh, when Carlson like backhands the host oh lady nurse, God. and then God. he's like, he's Jesus. like, I can telepathically detect that she is a masochist, oh, and I was that like, lady did not get any lines. I was like, step time, one, I'm like, step what the one, fuck I'm just like, happened there? Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, okay, that's step one. That's a bit much. But then when when uh, Colonel Kane sits down in a chair, he's oh like, I've been known to be. <laughs> I'm a, a bit of a, I'm just a like, natural voyeur. I'm like, this is the horniest. Uh, this is this is the horniest a film that is too afraid to do any sex somehow well, has has ever been. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, all all periods of time, I've always wondered why why did they do that. Yeah. Why? Like, what? Well, like, it that? comes out of nowhere, and like the the like when they're creating the movie, the writers they're like. And then you slap her. Like, what the fuck? Wait. Yeah. Why did we make this turn? Like, did the scene need the... Yeah. So it, anyway, it, felt, I, it felt to me like like someone uh, who was horny writing a horny movie got, like, mm-hmm. differently horny for a day and wrote that scene and then yeah. got over it. But, like, that, left yep. the scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> out, of, out of fucking nowhere. I, that, yeah, that, <laughs> that fucking scene. It did. It, yeah, the, the most... The moment y'all were talking more about the horniness, I was like, oh, right, then there's the really weird masochist scene that was pointless. <laughs> Where he's just like, she's definitely a masochist. She never actually says a line, though. She doesn't say no, anything. She- it's just him reading her mind. So, like, I'm just like, is he even telling the truth? What if he's just lying to the other guy and he's actually just beating <laughs> no, her for there, no reason? No, there's a shot of her doing an evil smile where she goes, ah, you got oh, me. I'm yeah, like, wait, yeah, why would you yeah. know that? Why is this happening? Why? Why do you I need this? And then she passes out immediately so she doesn't get to take part in the movie anymore after yeah. this. <laughs> Convenient. Yeah, sorry, Keith. I, I really hated it. No, no, no. That is totally okay. I understand. And yeah, the, for like, valid like when, reasons, even. The the word problematic is a very apt one for this. Yeah. Like, it's oh, not yeah. problematic in that, oh, it's old-timey stuff. It's like, no, this, like, even the reviews of the movie back in 85 were, like, basically saying, this movie is, like, uncomfortably and weirdly horny in a way that's, yeah. like, awkward and not able to... It's weird to say this. So At no point in time was that scene ever like, oh yeah, you know, that's just how it was back. No, no, nope. yeah, it, who it, did it, that? It was like it, it wasn't. I, I, it wasn't back then. It wasn't like that at any time ever. What are you I, talking I about? I don't know how to word this any better, but it's like not only was the movie horny, but the movie was so incapable of acting on it while bellowing that the movie was horny. Right, right. That like it makes it three times as uncomfortable around the mm-hmm. middle point. Where you're like, he's like at one point I'm sitting there and it's like one in the morning and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, is anyone like, are you just like, am I being set up for like full frontal penetration scenes <laughs> or is this just really awkward and confused? Because I don't awkward want either confused. now. And and also, why are there zombies? Um, 
All right. I, was- um, I'm, I, I want to go back to some more of the sci-fi aspect, but I am. I, if we want to keep going on this, I, I am totally okay with that. Horn yeah, will it, come it, up. It'll come it up. Deserve, yeah, it deserves all the critiques that it gets on that shit. Um, but yeah. Um, but the, uh, I, 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 uh, going through my list, I, I did want to go back to the, the ship designs. Um, I love the, 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 the elongated <laughs> The Batwing umbrella. What, what was that? The Batwing umbrella. Um, your audio is going really bad for me. The Batwing umbrella. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. the Batwing umbrella. Yeah. And the, also, um, the weird, uh, shuttle. Like, the way they design the shuttle that goes there, even, it flies weirdly sideways and. Yeah, yeah I noticed that too. They could have just made a conventional ship that flies toward it. I loved how they did the weird, like, engine at the bottom and the, the solar sails outside. I, I love that oddness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, the solar sails thing made me wonder if there was like someone involved who uh, like had any background because it seemed like a really specific technology. Specific, yep. Star Wars designers and the- uh, people from Star Wars and Aliens and uh, 2001: Space Odyssey were all on board making these. It's so oh, 2001: Space Odyssey! I knew, I knew it! I knew it! Yeah, yeah, I knew it! And the, yeah, and the guy I was like the guy who directed it also directed Poltergeist and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. There was a Although, special makeup effects guy that was on uh, New Hope and Empire and also Superman. I mean the the the, the was, photo the the, the 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 cameraman was uh, from Return of the Jedi. But the there's a fun, interesting little uh, tidbit for the director. Like uh, so, he did Poltergeist, and they're like, "Holy shit!" Like, yeah, we're gonna make a real movie. We're gonna get the guy from Poltergeist. But then, like, there's a interesting rumor that he didn't actually direct it. Um, Steven Spielberg wanted to direct that movie, but he was under contract and wasn't able to, but if he was quote unquote, the producer, then he could Uh. work on it. So that's why Poltergeist is so amazing. It's likely that Steven Spielberg actually directed it. And he had this guy next to him going, just do it. Just do this. Just do this. And then he got all this clout from that movie to do this movie. Interesting. Mm. Well, Poltergeist is definitely seen as a Spielberg movie. No doubt about Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. this guy also directed The Mangler. I haven't seen that one. I believe that's based off of a Stephen King short story. Uh, I don't think it's a yeah. full novel. But that movie freaked me out when I first saw it. Um, because What's it about? Um, <sighs> Evangelist, it sounds King like King. you are. You remember it, so correct me if I'm wrong. But, um, <clears throat> all right. If I remember correctly, um, it is based off of a like a, a place that like basically flattens sheets. It's like a, a sheetery. I don't know what you call it, but <laughs> it's run by this person who's really evil. And there is a, a machine there that flattens sheets, and it's possessed, and it likes to suck people in and crush them. Whoa! And weird. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's about the gist. Like I should say, I'm not an expert, but that's about the gist of my recollection. I just I just remember it's Stephen King, and that yeah, there's a. There is a mangler, and it is a machine. What mangles people into <laughs> yeah, yes. into meat? And it, it, oh gosh, ooh, the crushing, the crushing. <laughs> what mangles? <laughs> the machine, um, what mangles? There, there's a, a one other thing that I gotta make sure I, I make note of. There's like a a, a a beautiful, cheesy, just taken seriously touch they did with the design of the shuttle where. When it opens up, it's in the shape of a coffin. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, also noticed. God, I love that. Really? Do, do you guys know? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Van, Sabrina, did you guys see that? I did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Also, like, the bat umbrella like thing being very, like, it's bats. 
And all, mm, I guess, yeah. okay, you know, also the giant bat aliens, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> bats! Uh, giant bats! Right. Yeah. I also, I also, I also kind of thought that the the vampire ship sort of looked like a big, a big wang. Definitely. It, had a very, <laughs> it was like a giant phallus, that and is, I was yep. like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, because we see it at the end of the movie, and that's when yeah. I kind of clicked, and I was like, you know what, though? Yeah. Bigger yeah. keep that going. I would agree. That's a, that's a big space dick. <laughs> yep. Yep. That it was. Yep. That it was. Um, <laughs> but was it exploring the? No, I, I, I have a note here wondering if the uh, the giant space wing was uh, was it exploring the the comet or does it use the comet to travel through space? I don't know, but I love that. It, it I seems love that like it uses it. the comet. I thought it- to travel through space, like the, it just hides in its shadow. Mm. Yeah, because it came around Earth last time. The comet came around Earth for sure. Mm. It's good cover, you know, the, the comet yeah. is kind of wang-shaped, so the, the big wang ship can just <laughs> fit inside. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you like the ship specifically that you. shape so that it could sit behind the comet. Mm? But, I, yeah, mm. I, I love that, that, I love that connection. Um, anyway, that's, uh, one of my notes. Back to you guys. Mm. Um, okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, one of my, one of my first notes was that I mean I know that this is this was done in the eighties, so obviously they didn't mm-hmm. have a choice. But the thought of being in space with all that analog equipment really freaks me out. <laughs> I mean do you wanna you know when they did the moon landing. <laughs> yeah, oh 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 yes. I know. And it freaks me out. Uh, <laughs> yep. Like that's I always assumed I assumed it was in the Okay, my, my my now now I've had this head fiction always that it was in the future and they had future technology or something like that. Mm. It's weird. The, the 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 time place of the movie is actually one of my favorite parts because it's it's they never say what the year is, and they have some technology that comes off a little future techy, like the giant solar things coming out of the shuttle, mm-hmm. yeah. and that they kind of are nonchalantly talking about just going up to Halley's Comet with a spaceship, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, like the world is hell of the seventies, eighties, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, it is. is interesting. It is. You're, you're absolutely right. That is. I mean, honestly, mm. think about it. If unless I'm wrong, I think that's the only bit of future tech in the entire movie. Is yeah, yeah. Be- the fact that they can just go to space whenever. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. right, and it just <laughs> go in, to the comet over there in that one yeah. shuttle because the shuttle that goes up to check on it is the Columbia. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Which was I, I really I really like that they never said the year because whether or not it was intentional it also means that like the movie the movie is dated by its look in the few ways but by not stating the year the story somehow comes like what it, what there is comes off timeless in a mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting subtle choice to make in a very unsubtle movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think to me it almost felt like all right. We got to get to the comet somehow, okay? Yeah. So we're going to make a future ship, but then after that, we don't need any future stuff. So let's just not worry about it. I mm. am curious, but I'm going to, I actually am going to try to read that first book. I am curious as like, what the was in story. there? Where would this come from? Yeah. I think it's just yeah. a short story, so it should be pretty digestible. Cool. <laughs> yep. We'll do it in 20 minutes. But uh, but yeah, that's that's my that's one of my first notes there. Just that uh, mm. the switchies, the analog stuff, and whatnot. Yeah. 
or the, the the giant cassette tape that all their their oh my god stored yep yeah <laughs> really I haven't cool. heard about that <laughs> giant cassette tape what that when when they got the ship's logs it was like a giant set of spooled <laughs> films yep and I was like that's so cool because I think that's even like nowadays that's the kind of tech you use for hard archiving because mm. it's it's uh it's known technology so it's not like something that can be hacked into it can't have disk rot uh it, it can get burned I guess in a giant oxygen fire but. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it, that the tape technology. I always love seeing that kind of stuff. I love the body horror, <laughs> or I I hated it back when I was a kid. I could not watch it. Uh, that was definitely a okay. Close my eyes now. Um, when like you know the, the 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 bodies were like you know sucked of life and they like they'd spring up and like you're like oh my god okay I was not expecting that scare. And one of my favorites now is like the one guy runs to the cage yes. and explodes yeah. on the. The yeah. Oh my god! That was well done. Awesome. That was well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like yeah. all things considered, the way that they they pulled that off with like I, it looked to me like a thinner actor in the costume in a baggy costume, the close up on the on the the puppet, just a split second of it running at the cage and the boom Jesus that you're already set up for. Like Christ. it's a good yeah. scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I would say the the reason to watch this movie objectively mm-hmm. is that those effect. sequences are so well done, and then you know. A little bit, little bit of a snark here. They're also mostly in the first act. Yeah. So like all the all the best stuff about this movie visually, I think, is primarily in the first act. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can kind of cut out afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite part is the uh, star lightnings flying through the sky, destroying buildings, and then like yeah. the spaceship uh, above. I love that part. Um, just skip to the end then. Oh yeah, and these the, those bodies were made by the guy who created Yoda. Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe the guy that. who yeah, made Yoda. Like and he's like, yeah, I love doing Yoda, but this is my best work. That's wow. Well, it was really good. Really? Was, yeah. Like, there were three of them, right? There was the guy who got mm-hmm. drained and mm-hmm. undrained and redrained. There was the <laughs> doctor and there was the naked lady. Wow. Mm-hmm. And all three of those puppets were just awesome. Yeah, the, uh, the, woman, the woman on the stretcher, I thought that one was, like, particularly well done. And that's, like, one mm-hmm. of the ones where I was like, okay, this doesn't look real, but it does look really cool. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the things... Could not watch as a kid. Oh yeah, well, the, the body. Uh, I'm uh, I'm with you, Keith. When I was a kid, I was the same way. Body horror. I had to turn it off. I had to turn it away. Couldn't mm-hmm. stand it. Could not stand it. But um, with this, with the with the the poor woman on the stretcher, where you know she freaks out. Oh my! And then God. there's the then the oh, the thing that I like the most about it. Uh, well, whatever. Is there was a pause and a <laughs> silence, and then she exploded. Oh yeah. There, yeah. There's just something about that. I just rewatched that on YouTube uh, to refresh my memory before we recorded. Um, <laughs> yeah, it still, still disturbs me, but now I can handle it and appreciate it. Totally. Yeah, there's if you, if you go looking for it, if you don't want to watch the whole movie, dear listener, there is like one YouTube clip that has about eighty percent of the the puppet scenes we're talking about uh, in it, and it's it's really good stuff. Yeah, yeah. If there are excellent animatronics. <coughs> yeah. If nothing else, mm. that. There are a couple of times even where it was like, it's just the eyes. The the eyes are only the only thing that really gives it away for me. You know, like animatronics have those specific kind of like glass eyes yes. mm-hmm. that you can just like recognize the sheen. If not mm-hmm. for that, I like I might have been fooled. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're and, really good. And th- that was like, what, 1985? Like you yeah. fast forward 30 years it, and you could probably like, you know, nowadays, with nowadays tech, that puppet with like a layer of, of oil on it. And then you you get a squishier looking set of eyes in there and like you're set. You know, <laughs> I can't, I can't unsee it in my eyes, in my head. I can see them. And like, for me, like 
them not looking realistic just makes them that much more horrifying. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, there's a very specific eyes. There's a specific line between Uncanny Valley and looks fake and like these like I was astonished how close these tread the Uncanny Valley mm-hmm. line as opposed to just looking like straight up fake. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And yeah, like like the eyes give it away, and then somehow it, the eyes also like I could see for a kid like that just enhancing how oh, yep. <laughs> freaky this is. Nope, nope. <laughs> Should not have been looking at that part. Should not have been looking at that part. <laughs> Make you pay the price for watching R A movie, young man. Like, <laughs> ah, no, those, those were my, everywhere, huh? Those were collectively my third favorite parts of the movie. Mm. <laughs> um, let me see. Wait, what's here. your first favorite part? I got a second favorite and a first favorite. What's uh, second? Second favorite is the. I thought as a gag when I, I keep just calling him Doctor Death, but you know the, the <laughs> Death Doctor, the guy who's yes. obsessed with death. Uh, the part when he's like unboxing himself a big ass sword, yeah. <laughs> and then they cut away. And then they cut back, and he's like, yeah, so I ram the sword into the guy, and there's just a guy with a sword sticking out of him on a table. <laughs> yep. I was like, I was like, I, I was going to make nice. that as a gag, that he just off-screen mercs a dude with a broadsword, and he did it. <laughs> so that yep. became my second favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Um, that, that character I really liked. I actually really enjoyed how that character went out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he was so good that um, Kid Keith kind of believed him about, like... Well, there is a thing called a life force. It is in all of us. And like, whoa, my God, really? Oh, shit, man. <laughs> like, you know, that guy, yeah, he was so convincing. Well, and it, good. It, was, it was amazing, like, that he's just chilling out in that, that building while the apocalypse is happening. Like, he's clearly gone, but just through a sheer force of will, he's, like, just going to chill out and watch as long as he can. Mm-hmm. Kane comes in. He's like, I'm very glad to see that you survived. Yep. And then he just starts walking made to it. Kane. And he's basically, basically without saying, it, he's like, hey, by the way, I'm pretty much a zombie. I just happen to be so cool that I'm not a brain zombie yet, but the rest of my body's going to come for you, so do it. Get I'm shot. Ready to go. Oh, that, that, that last line of his where, what was it? It's like, it's like, here I go. Yeah. Uh, and then he yep. just Fuck, blows man. open and gets sucked <laughs> up into the ship. That's I was right. like, Jesus I was like, that Christ. dude, that, that dude's force of will, he probably just manifested in a vampire body on the ship. Like, I choose to believe <laughs> that he's among the vampires like, on the I'm ship. Here now. Well, I think, and honestly, the delivery of that line was fantastic because the, mm. oh, it was so good. It was so good because it made it clear that he was fighting it for so long, really hard, and it was almost a relief for it to be over at that moment. Oh, yeah. Well, and and, the, and the, the way that it ended his little arc that he said he was so fa- especially later in life he was so fascinated with what might come next and he was you could in the way he said the line it was also like this moment of excitement because yeah. he's like now I get to see I get to see what happens yeah. when I when I transubstantiate and I was like okay that's this is pretty cool the, this character like that was like when when I critique the film as being a mess part of the reason I do when I say there's all these little one fifths I wanted to see that dude is one of those one fifths like mm-hmm. a movie. Just about him, I would have been so down for. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a fascinating character. It was because, like, there were. I was going to say this also. Matthew or Michael Gotthard as uh, Doctor Leonard Bukowski, the first Doctor we see who looks like he's going to be the main character. Yep. he straight up disappeared after the the first act. Oh yeah, yep. That's that's Ty the, loosening guy, right? Yeah, mm. he just walked. He I, was yeah. like, I, I need a I, moment I to myself, and they're I like, yeah, gonna take a moment. Him, yeah, I kept on expecting him to be. The next one of the next vampires. He just left. He just walked off. He was oh. done. Yeah, <laughs> that's too. And he was never seen or heard from again. Yeah, I, I, I was bummed out too because I found out uh, later on because that guy looked familiar. He had a really good voice. 
And I was like, why have I not seen this guy in much stuff? Uh, he he uh, committed suicide at age Aww. 53 in 1992 after suffering from depression for most of his life. Oh, no. mm. um, so he's uh, I want to I want to look up more of his his career now, because that, that guy had a real screen presence. Yeah, like a real a real hammer. You know, Vincent Price, uh, Peter Cushing kind of screen presence. Yeah. Um, and I was just actually just glanced at this page. He 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 was in a movie. Uh, with Vincent Price, Peter Cushing, and Christopher Lee. <laughs> Damn! Wow, wow, wow. Um, nice lineup. No kidding. Yeah, it was a movie called Scream and Scream Again. Uh, familiar. But yeah, that was that. The the Death Doctor is my second favorite part by far. Do you want Do you want to know my first favorite? Yes, part? I do. Yeah, hit us. Okay, mm-hmm. the year is 1985. Patrick Stewart has not yet been on American television, as far as I know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nope. I, I, I recall that his experience as Captain Picard was also him kind of learning how to dial back being a stage actor as opposed to a screen actor. Uh-huh. I love how much he is not a screen actor in this movie. When he his yeah. first scene, you could basically hear him in, in the distance doing stage voice. And like in my head, I just burst out and I was, I was joyfully, but he was like, Hello, I'm Dr. Baxter. Welcome to my facility. And I was I like, so oh mean. boy. The next thing we talk about is Patrick Stewart. Um, Patrick my- Stewart in full stage mode. He is roaring yeah, yeah, every yes. single one of those lines. Really my fun fact about him is that um, that was his first on-screen kiss. Oh, Yep, oh, nice! <laughs> God bless his heart. Amazing. Yeah, when he yeah when he got, I did not know that Patrick Stewart was in this. Um, mm, I always forget. Yeah, and so I was like doing something else when that scene <laughs> popped up because that was during the boring times of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then yep. and then he shows up. I was like, Ah, oh, yes, sir, welcome to my facility. And <laughs> whoa, is, is that Patrick? That Stewart? voice. It was. The, that voice hits yep. the first yep. syllable. Yeah. Yep, I made that. I have that note. Oh, I found Patrick by hello alone. Uh, <laughs> yep. Like when he's first hello. introduced, it's like in the shade. You know, like you don't see his face. The hat hides it, and then the rain, and then he's like shot from behind. Whatever, and we're all like, "That's Patrick Stewart. That's Patrick Stewart." We know it's Patrick Stewart. We heard him. We heard one word. That's all, it's yeah. Patrick Stewart. That's all. He, he so was distinct. He was. It, he okay, was after- just so adorable to watch because, like, just knowing what lay ahead of him in the next five years of his life, I was like, "Oh, this is baby Patrick Stewart. Uh, this, this is I'm too good for the screen, kind of Patrick Stewart." Cool. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, a lifetime of watching this, and I still don't think I figured out how they figured out he was her. Did, oh, did you guys figure uh, that out? Yeah, it was magic telepathy. Is is my yeah? Opinion. It was the magic telepathy. Oh, yeah, Carlson says because because Patrick Stewart touches Carlson's shoulder at one point, and that's then Carlson right. says amidst oh, a right. bunch of other gibberish that like when he touched my shoulder, and then I was like, okay, sure. So you mean so you mean that if he never touched your shoulder, then you wouldn't have known. So that means that the space vampire was being kind of a goofball. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Okay. Now I remember. Yeah. Okay. She's an immortal. Um. How would she not know that? How how would she fuck that up? Or I think. I think the intent is that she did it on purpose because she wants Carlson. And she's distracting them, too. Yeah, but but then, like, I'm kind of writing that, like, as an audience <laughs> member. Like, I'm not really sure. Uh, mm. Like, it lines up with stuff, but uh, it comes off really odd. Um, mm-hmm. It definitely comes off super odd, just, like, that whole sequence... And and culminating in um, her as blood coming out of, and I guess Whoa. killing Patrick Stewart, <laughs> and the other but dude, not, and the not dude just with the the face, the 
birthmark? Yeah. Um, well, she she comes. Well, she comes out of like. Oh yeah, there was the birthmark guy who didn't actually matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but then is the bit where where she as blood comes out of not just Patrick Stewart but also uh, Aubrey Morris yeah. as Sir Percy Heseltine. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> where I'm like, when was she in Aubrey Morris? And also, like, I was kind of the reason why I was ready for Kane to die was because of how Aubrey Morris died, where the, mm-hmm. he's just. He, he stumbled off screen during the, the light explosion, and then when they find him on screen again, they're like, oh, his neck's broken. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come, on, come on, though. Oh, Aubrey what Morris! Like weird off-screen deaths. Yeah, terrible. Oh, Aubrey Morris is not in enough stuff, and it's, this always happens. <laughs> <laughs> Aubrey Morris? No. Uh, I, I am unfamiliar with uh, why people like Aubrey Morris. I, I like him because he is the uh, the Golga Frencham spaceship captain from the BBC version of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That's how oh, I wow. first saw him. Mm. Uh, he's, he's in a bunch of other stuff that's probably way more recognizable. I just know him as that. He, but his when I saw him in the movie, I actually had to go look up to make sure it was him because I was like, wait a second. Hold he's, on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> he's doing the squinty thing and everything and being all <laughs> mischievous looking. Uh but yeah, I, I didn't really get why she came out of him as well. Um, but I, I did really like how she the how she looked when she was made of blood. Yeah. But then she exploded, and I was like, "Oh, that looked really cool." Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, Patrick Stewart, top After, part of the movie for me. He's I had adorable. spent maybe a couple decades not watching it, and like that's the, the, it, there's so many things that surprise me in that movie, like this scene, like the when like you know like all they're doing is traveling, like or was this when they 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 escaped that bunker? Yeah, when they, they well, when they when they escape that, that asylum, and mm-hmm. uh, it's when they escape the asylum with the two bodies that are mostly dead in the back of the helicopter. Okay, uh, and then all the blood oh, yeah. comes out, and that 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 poor helicopter pilot who oh. should have been given a name because he never I died, will, and he he just he was there for all reaction. of this. <laughs> yeah, perfect um, reaction. Sure. May I point out that the lady doesn't get a name though. Um. She's so, Space Girl, if you check the credits. Yes, she's definitely Space Girl. But Ouch. Those, those, those things, wouldn't be, they, don't have, they don't have names. Not even... No, They're but monsters. the other two got called okay, first Keith. Vampire and second Vampire. This she is my head get cannon. to be called Vampire? <laughs> uh, do the guys have names? They, they're called Vampire number one and ah, two. okay. Uh, but she's not even called a Vampire, and she's so obviously a Vampire. That's not fair. I agree. Like, yeah, her character name was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, in my head canon, like, you know, they're, they're, they're beyond names. They just want life force, is mm-hmm. how I went with it. Why is, okay, okay, why wasn't she space vampire? Or female um, vampire? No, no, oh, also- no good reason. No good re- um, for On the credits, <laughs> no good reason in the movie, because they wouldn't have names, because they, they probably like, just screech oh, at each yeah, other. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's fine. They just go, um, my name is is how I saw it. Man, I would get sick of people calling me Space Girl at conventions for, like, 30 <laughs> years. Yep. Yeah, well, I wouldn't go to conventions if the entire movie was me being naked. Yeah, I uh, guess. I, I, last I checked, she's... she. I, I don't think she has a problem with the role. I, I just thought she well, it. Well, yeah, in, 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 I'm just in saying everybody of, who's going to come up to you is going to come up to you because they're thinking about your tits, not because of your acting. I would not... I am going for okay. the acting as well. Yeah. Um, sorry, she. I think she's beautiful, but like she, to me, she means mm-hmm. something. Like okay. she's an actual character to me. I, th- I think like like in, in like a, like uh, kind of alluding to earlier. In general, like nudity in movies is a much more I find European thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh and, yeah, it depends and, and, how you treat it. 
Yeah, like I don't, I don't mind like nudity on on the whole, like as a thing. Like even in this movie, the nudity. Eventually, I was like, well, I guess if like she's walking around and you're not pushing the camera in while she's walking around, so it's making it feel slightly less gross. But mm-hmm. uh, it was it was actually it was like the worst. You know, we brought it up before, but like the the horniness of the movie really is best represented by that freaking um, uh, masochism scene. Where it's just like, this is literally pointless. This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Uh, uh, let me just, when I was in college, I was in a short film that was written, that was basically just like uh, a wife and a husband are both like talking to a therapist and they're like, I tried to seduce him, but he didn't respond. And he's like, I tried to seduce her and she didn't respond. So both of us appeared in our underwear. Uh, and I was fine with it because like it was an equal uh, level equality kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, after I filmed it, the the writer says, wow, I'm so lucky that I have this job where I can just like write a script and then magically a really hot girl in almost no clothes will show up for me, basically. Mm. And oh, that's yeah. like the embodiment of this movie. It feels like it was written by a 16 year old boy who just wanted an excuse to look at a naked lady. And it was made so that all the other 16 year old boys of the world could be fe- really happy about you... it. And the rest is just set dressing. I know you like. The no, 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 no. I was going to say you're not wrong. <laughs> I was going to say you're not wrong, but it wasn't a young man. It was an old guy, and um, okay, he did yeah, actually do that. You're completely right. Um, um, yeah, I yeah, 100%. And there was so many, so many scenes where, like, kind of, like, going on what everybody's been saying so far, where it's just sort of, like, people just, like, they, they just had no idea how to act as people. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, like, the woman comes down the stairs, and she's naked. <laughs> and oh, one and the of guy the guards offers her like, a biscuit, a cookie. Like, what? You want a cookie? <laughs> what is happening? Was- <laughs> Where's it? Get a blanket, you idiot! No, no. Okay, well, you know what we're talking about? Notes. My first, my first big note was like, oh, I was a, I was excited. I was like, there's an arrow in this comment. All of the colors are amazing. I like these giant bats. The tapes, the tapes are hilarious. And I'm like, oh, okay. One. The first time they all show up, you see the three vampires. You can see the top half of the two dudes, but mm-hmm. the lady set up above them, so you can see literally her entire body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was so like annoying because I'm like I'm like it's so transparent like how the and throughout when the two yes, dude you. vampires were in the facility with the big metal bands over their nuts. Ugh. Yep, and I'm like, come on. The the the, <laughs> the call of the nakedness was by uh, like a producer, old white guy who's like, and and I I need this one thing. And that's, Let's just say it's a Weinstein why, and move on. Yeah, that's what that's why yeah. it happened. Oh, um, how many movies? But of the two of the dude vampires, one of them is Mick Jagger's brother, and the other one was <laughs> supposed to be Mick Jagger, but he was on tour. Really, uh, Mick Jagger? Yep. You oh, Jagger and Jagger. Vampire. Yep, that one of them would is have his been brother. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Mick but Jagger like, would have totally friggin' made the call of like, no, we're both going to be naked. Take these bands <laughs> off our <laughs> coffins. <laughs> I am not doing this movie without showing my wang. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Mick Changer. Right. Yeah, he would have just he would just pursed his lips and pointed the pants would come off. That's that would have been it. <laughs> um another fun fact is uh that what like so like you have the astronauts flying through the uh the ship at the beginning and one of the harnesses that was flying the uh, astronaut was actually Christopher Reeves from Superman, and it had his name oh, on nice. it. Aw. Yeah. Cool. Very fun fact. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I like those scenes. Uh, I, I thought that was funny. Yeah, we were talking about it earlier, that uh, the uh, the not-so-future-future future tech, it was literally just so they could be like, 
Yes, we have the technology to have Earth-like gravity. Don't make us float everybody all the time. We'll do it for a couple seasons. (laughs) To its credit, they actually did say um, that the speed they were going created gravity. So, Mm -hmm. like, they didn't have to say that. I'm always for just say artificial gravity, but they actually did the... No, no, we're doing a speed that creates gravity, so... There was apparently a a lot more filmed on that shuttle that got cut for time. According to that's uh, funny because that scene where the blood was getting sucked out went on for like five minutes. Uh, that scene took such a long time. The, long. The, Patrick Stewart I, was such a champion, just chilling out there with one eye open. <laughs> Unless that was a body double. That thing, was I'm definitely sure. that, that was a, yeah. that looked like a doll. That was um, a Patrick doll. Back to that scene, I loved it because uh, I, I it was so out of nowhere because like you you don't have to do that. Um, and we're just going to another place, and like everything was chill, and then I was like. And then, like, the blood's just... Blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. what the fuck? And, like, after years of not knowing, I'm like... It it just blew my mind. It's like, I don't know what's happening! Right. And then she's there, and she screams and falls into a puddle of blood. And just like... Why did you do that to my head? And, yeah, um... But my critique against it is, I don't... Uh, their mechanics on body jumping and shape-shifting Ugh. are... Is is really bad. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what rules they have they or what they think they're trying to do. They 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 didn't have any rules. They did what they felt they okay. needed to at the time. Um, okay. To, yeah, like, it sounded like that. Like mm-hmm. it's her. Like what? Wait, why? Why is that her? She, she shape uh, What? She shape shifted. No, are, are we gonna? Are we? Are we, are we talk about this? No, no. We gotta find her. Like, uh, okay. And yeah. now she can fly out as blood. Wait, what are you guys talking about? Guys, slow down and. Anyway. I was really hoping that that would like that the true form of the aliens was just as those blood monsters yes. because I thought that she looked really cool as a blood mm-hmm. monster. Agreed. And I was, it was so cool, and I and I was like that that actually thematically is really neat. If vampires are like their most base manifestation is just their essence in a coagulated form <laughs> made of blood, like it's Agreed. Totally. Cool and, as hell. And, and even and Kid Keith to adult Keith always felt that, that they're giant bats a little too on the nose. Um, that was guys, real dorky. It was real dorky when the dude turned into a giant bat after he got <laughs> lanced. Yeah. I was yeah, like, I, oh, okay. I, 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 like, you guys I, are vampires. You guys don't have to be bats, too. Well, I, I was like, it was space. in the back of my head. I was like, I think that she said that those giant space bats were their old bodies. I think she said that. And then it's like the movie went like, don't worry. I will <laughs> spell it out for you very slowly. This man will turn into a giant space bat. And I'm like, okay, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It just, I just feel like we had a lot of producers all saying that I want this thing. Well, I want this mm-hmm. thing. Well, I want this one here. And they're like, oh, oh and then, and then, and then we're going to do this. And then there's going to be a man bat and there's going to be a blood lady. Uh, <laughs> oh, then we're going to have zombies and then we're going to have vampires. Guys, we're going to have it all. We're gonna have it all in this movie. And <laughs> We're gonna make the biggest movie of all time. And <laughs> nope, yeah. not so much. Hmm. Um, the whole movie is just a very excited teenage boy, the very specific kind. The mm. little, the little greasy flip on the front mm. of his bangs. I'm. You just want to sit him down and go like, you know, in ten years you're gonna be real embarrassed. Yeah. I'm nodding enthusiastically. Um, <laughs> I agree completely. <laughs> Let's see. One other uh, fun fact uh, of grossness was that. Um, when they're flying away, or like, uh, just to get past, uh, I, I just want to talk about like, uh, 
they they get in that compound where they're trying to talk to the prime minister and he's a vampire and i just loved how they're like all right we're going we're out of here and like they, they just, I, yeah they, i did really like that too that's, they, that's, they that's got their I jackets my... and they said i'm gonna get the fuck out of here and like they didn't stop to tell anybody that things are going on that like, was nope, the nope. moment that was the moment i turned back around on wanting to see kane die because i was like mm-hmm. no you know what he's actually i'm i'm into kane like like Kane hmm. Kane for me was the the linchpin of the movie aside from his really weird voyeur line where like yeah mm-hmm. yeah this is just like yeah he's he's just a friggin he is a dude who shows up in a turtleneck and a leather jacket uh and he's just accepting everything that's going on and asking further questions and then at the end he's like no I'm just gonna drive back into Apocalypse Town um with a, with a pistol and <laughs> and, and <laughs> I, pistol. like he's he's an example of plot armor when I like it. Yeah. Where it's like he he's just wandering straight through that town, uh, just he's if, if zombies start trying to pester him, he's just like no, nah, no, get out of my way. Uh, <laughs> if he gets cornered in an alleyway, then the entire alleyway like falls yep, down and forms yep. a flaming wall. And I'm like, no, you know what though? That's SAS training. <laughs> that's um, that's fine. so uh, not to do. Uh, so the the gross thing was like the they're getting away in the helicopter and like those zombies are jumping onto it. One grabs like the, the strut oh. and like and pulls off his own skin and falls right. Um, oh yeah, gets that was because that. of a, an accident the director got in where a similar Shh. thing happened while ri- driving on an ATV, and he was like, Oof. "Ow, oh my god, I can't get out of my head. Can I put that in my movie though?" So <laughs> that oh, happened. I've got chills right now. Like that. Is yeah, so- I hate that scene so much. I'll just I'll just lighten it up a little bit by saying I just noticed on the Wikipedia article, at least take it as you will. Apparently, the spaceship was modeled out the the alien spaceship was modeled after an artichoke. Oh, I think I remember really? that. Okay, if they say so. Yeah, if they say so. <laughs> I did not get artichoke. Nope. Me neither. Mm. I definitely got a bat wing umbrella. Um, and, uh, I'll be honest, I. Yeah, this is my first time hearing uh, or thinking that the Batwing umbrella was a thing. I, I, you guys are right, but my brain has always seen it as otherworldly. You don't know what the fuck this is because you're a human. Mm-hmm. You don't know why it's doing that. It's just a, a thing that happens because it's beyond you, human. Is what sort I of saw. like those robot tentacles at the end of uh, Picard, Keith. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's different. They don't. They don't. They didn't care. They didn't care. They're just putting that on the screen. That sounds kind of horny too. I still. I still want to watch that show, but that I haven't uh, seen that. So don't tell me. But that sounds pretty horny. I, I had fun. Hate, I hate watching it, it. Why? Why? Why don't you just listen to the podcast after you watch it? Mm. <laughs> we do have a podcast on it. Oh, also, Dan O'Bannon from Aliens was also on board, and that, that's why everything looks how it does. Oh, well, there you have it. Mm-hmm. I just it it, it was a really wild because there were bits from, where I was from, just like, uh, someone from a 2001 a space, o- space Odyssey worked on this like yep. early on at the beginning, and then yeah. later on I'm like, this feels very Jim Henson, and then there's another bit where you're just like, I don't I don't even know what this is. Mm-hmm. I I don't even know what this is. Oh, and Everyone, the reason it's like a student project. Everyone pitched in at some point, point. and the reason why <laughs> be, uh, on top of like it being a bizarre, crazy mishmash of craziness that no person back then or since then is like. I want to see a movie like this. Um, the reason why I got nuked out of the water is because it went head-to-head with Goonies, Rambo, and Cocoon. Oof. Oof. Yep, that'll do it. Yikes. Yeah. Got uh, are you sure, Keith? Maybe it's because yeah. it's also uh, not family-friendly. <laughs> also, the version we watched is not what went against those either. Apparently, uh, like we watched the uncut one, like the mm-hmm. international cut. That oh, didn't yeah. That didn't get released until the 2000s. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> This movie spent 16 plus years as the U.S. domestic cut, 
that I don't, I, all I know about that is that they, they removed some actor scenes. They dubbed a couple of the other ones. They added different music in some places. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mentioned that blood, that blood scene was probably shorter. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, probably. I, Blah! the one, the version that I watched, uh, was actually on, uh, HBO. I, I got a free trial to HBO on Amazon. So I watched a different version, I think, than you guys watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, we watched the director's cut. It was two hours long, and it's two hours I will never get back. <laughs> I am I am sincerely sorry that you did not like it, and it was that. It's bad okay, for Keith. You. I I like to be uh um you know film educated. I just that means that I know which movie I'm gonna make us watch, and uh, I don't know if you're gonna like that one either. It's also Please. very thirsty though, so maybe you'll find it funny. Hit me hard. Uh, g- uh, give prototype. We're gonna watch- come on like early nineties. Wait, what's prototype? That? Yeah, that's the name of the movie. Cool. It's bad. I might have seen that. We'll talk about it later. I was actually, I'm I'm a little relieved. I was worried that I was going to be, like, the only one who who was kind of, like, you know, stepping on the movie a little bit. I wasn't too Mm. sure. Because I was like, am I... (laughs) Am I going to be oh, you should jerk? spend more time like, with me and Keith. We we step on each other's toes a lot. Yes, uh, I, 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 I love her. <laughs> I love her opinions because uh, she sees things. Uh, you see things that I don't, and I want people. And to you hear, see things that I don't, and I want to learn them. Um, so yeah, I, same. Um, I will say, um, just kind of going if it's okay, like going back and back to the uh, the version that you you all watched, the version that I watched. Mm-hmm. I I watched yeah. the beginning of the uncut one because Keith told me there were some big differences I needed to check out. Yeah, um, and I don't think I got those big differences. But one thing I do want to bring up right off the bat is that the version that I watched, they get right into it. There's no big title sequence like while they're hovering over asteroids or whatever. They're immediately into the action and there's credits happening while the action is happening. And that's something oh, wow. I've always liked. I'm like I don't I don't mm-hmm. like these big long credit sequences where nothing is happening. I'm bored out of my mind right yeah. off the bat. And also with the big long credit sequence for the uncut one, right off the bat, uh Evangelist kind of going along with what you were saying. They say based off the short novel Space Vampires. And when I saw that, mm. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, this makes a lot more sense now. Um, but that said, I liked not seeing that in the beginning. Um, okay. I liked the moments where I'm like, oh, these are space vampires, and I just figured it out on my own. You know? Gotcha. And then in the end yeah. of the movie, it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> guess what, bud? This is based on space vampires. I'm like, oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> um... So this is like a movie. Also, like uh, I wanted you guys to do this movie, like this, because it's um there's a movie podcast to listen to called Slash Film, and like many years ago, one of the guys named Jeff on there, he he brought up this idea. Uh, he has a philosophy of his movies. He doesn't watch trailers. Like he is religiously against watching a trailer before he sees the movie. When he sees a movie, oh, I'm with him on he that. Wants, what was that? You know, I'm with him on that. Yeah, I was against because I love trailers. Like uh, I love mm-hmm. promos. I love tsunami. I love seeing like the the mixing of like scenes and giving me hype but um yeah i've been doing that since then every so often and like uh, a friend of mine sat me down to watch this one movie called like near dark i think it's called and he didn't tell me what it was about i didn't know what genre it was and there's just an explosive joy to me of that when like you don't know what the genre is what the premise is and mm-hmm. it unfolds before you, and you're like, "What?" Yeah, like, yeah, and that, that's part of why I have such fond memories of what we do in the shadows. Was like, I was kind of, I, I was just coming off of like there was two movies I saw in this in a short span of time the same way, just seeing them sight unseen because friends wanted me to see them, 
and they were both vampire movies and they were both awesome. Hmm. It was that one and it was only lovers left alive and oh, seeing them without knowing anything was so good. Uh, There's certainly something to be said for that. I remember the first time I saw Hot Shots, um, I had seen so many trailers and makings of, I had seen, I believe, every funny joke in the entire movie. I (laughs) literally did that with Kick-Ass. It was oh. the worst experience of my entire, like, worst movie experience I've ever had. <laughs> like, I've never, I, like, uh, I've never experienced it that, on that level because, like, um, I, I think I loved the director and, like, the premise or something like that. And, like, I became religious about the movie and, like, I read everything about it. I watched every clip they released, every clip they released. Oh, no. And, yeah, whole, like, I had seen literally uh, 80% of the movie before I got there. And, Oof. like, every scene that happened, I was like, they released this. They released this too. Holy shit. And like maybe um the last few minutes was something uh, I didn't know was gonna happen. I yeah. You can ruin a movie. I and I also specifically remember from that there was a Mr. Bean short before Hot Shots, and I mm-hmm. enjoyed that significantly more than Hot Shots. Damn. Yeah. Mm. But then again, Mr. Bean is pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, uh, real quickly, another fun fact is the character, uh, the actor who played Carson, uh, he stayed acting like that character between shots. Ugh. Um, and it weirded everyone else around him. He said, <laughs> like, he, he was a little too extra on set, but he felt that was how he would do his job that time around. Yeah, I caught that all in his IMDb. Stephen Railsback is apparently, like, the first blurb about him is that he gets devoured by his roles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... Turns out he, uh, I'm just taking a look at his, at his, some of his other roles. Like he, he's played Charles Manson. I could totally see him Oof. playing yeah. Charles Manson. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's in a TV miniseries called Helter Skelter that I have not seen. Oh, that's from 1976. Holy moly. <laughs> uh, no, the, like the, 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 the acting in this is really fun to watch. He's actually, he is fun to watch because they pair him with Peter Firth as Colin Kane mm-hmm. for a lot of the movie. And they are doing such tonally opposite performances, it's astonishing <laughs> to watch. Like, Colin, Colin Kane is like an action movie star, but not in an action movie. And Carlson is, like, off in another world. Like, oh, man. Just the, when, when he starts doing his rants about what he can see in the mind of the space vampire, you're like, you're, you're, oh, man, you are going for it. And it's kind of <laughs> not working. But you're, <laughs> you're going for it. And I'm just like, that's why when I say I, I watched the movie and I was enthralled. It's because like I couldn't I couldn't really disengage because he he and so many other actors were like a hundred and twenty percent in. Yes. Oh, and I was mm-hmm. like, it's I hard to figure out who I, the main character is supposed to be. Oh, I, I was I was really happy. I assumed it was the dude that like is resistant to the vampires. No, yeah, he I, he I think ended it ended up being it. yeah. yeah. But I, I kind of liked how disappear for that, a half an hour. <laughs> yeah, they 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 kept it fluid for the first act. That's why I like the first act more than mm-hmm. a lot of the rest of the movie. Is like the characters are constantly changing. It makes it feel more like a kind of like a, a like a, an apocalypse movie where like you don't mm-hmm. really yeah. follow a cast. You're mm-hmm. following events and you're just seeing casts come and go. Uh, but then, like you know, to to its credit, when the cast kind of became Carlson and Kane, they were so bonkers to watch. Yes. Uh, <laughs> That duo. Like I couldn't, I couldn't stop. And then they, and then they go and hang out with baby Patrick Stewart. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I kind of wish that scene went on longer, but okay. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I think that is all of my notes. Um, let's see. Oh, I haven't actually been reading them. Let me, <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. I, I, oh, my my a- only actual note that I, I would um, lie and say I wrote down was just the word Patrick Stewart in, like, big scribbly <laughs> letters. Uh, I have three pages, but they're mostly angry scribbles. Um, I am totally he- uh, cool with hearing any angriness you might have. No, um, actually, the notes, they're all, let me just read through them. I have a couple of, like, fun ones. Uh, <laughs> I mean, one of them is... On the subject of angry notes, stop calling your girl while you're showing your tits seriously. Oof. But um, uh, I thought it it, it took thir- takes thirty minutes for the dudes to show up just so you could shoot him. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, there should be a bigger uh, oh, yeah, showdown yeah, 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 yeah. at that point. Okay, there was a scene where uh, the doctor's about to check out like the the dead body, and then it snaps alive, right? And it starts sucking out his energy. Nobody goes near him. Yeah, they just don't yeah. watch. Yeah, so I'm like, oh. Okay, like, what? Nobody did anything. I kind of love how everyone was like, no, fuck you, I got mine. In a lot of those scenes, (laughs) when the the alien zombie stuff was happening, everyone's just like, yeah, I mean, I'm watching, I'm not going to help, because, no, (laughs) that that dude's gone. But, I mean, I'm recording. Sorry. <laughs> how they, how they left that let's well, like, they, they they left that they could have said anything they could have said oh my god that guy in there's a vampire watch out they're like there's nope give me my jacket I, they, they could have said yep. they could have said out. hey Ted don't Peace. walk up to it <laughs> but, or they could have done one of those what things. if they had just evacuated the building yeah. yep but yeah. nope they're like I got my helicopter I'm oh, sorry gotta go yeah they could have just done that simple thing where like maybe one person runs towards them to try to get them to stop and then bounces back with lightning or something like that be like oh yeah don't get close you know <laughs> like mm-hmm. like the one time um one of the big beasts tried to attack voltron while it was turning into voltron right and they got zapped they could have done something like that there's a reason there's a reason. I feel mm-hmm. I, f- I feel weird pulling Voltron down to the level of life force. <laughs> I felt weird I, this whole time. I disagree <laughs> with life force being down, although it is problematic completely. Totally. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm also. I mean, I love my Gatai sequences. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm like, I, I also appreciate using Gatai logic just in general because that's how I go through my own life. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just tell people like, no stock footage. Don't bother me. I'm getting ready. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You, you don't mess with it. You just don't mess with it. Also, um, that building, I understand they were in quarantine, but wow, a lot of doors. Mm-hmm. I, I was actually kind of getting a laugh when um, when uh, Bukowski, before he disappeared from the movie, was like trying to run to help that soldier <laughs> yes. that he saw on the TV screen, and I'm like... Dude, it's, it looks like you were actually on the other side of the complex, and there is a door every three feet. Yes, <laughs> like so oh, when yeah. you got there and the guy was dead, I was like, I was like, look, I get it, but what did you think was going to happen? Too many doors. <laughs> it took you twenty minutes to get there, right? I mean, like that—that that was it. That's just ripe for uh, parody. You know, somebody just like running through oh, doors for ten minutes. <laughs> he was so in. He was he was in a big run too. He was smashing <laughs> through the doors. <laughs> Phenomenal. Oh, hey, Keith, I have a note that's specifically for you. By the way. Um, there's a bit where somebody's explaining over the phone uh, what's going on, like, to watch out for the girl. And uh, when he's asking for the car and stuff, and he's just like, I can't explain over an open line. And I'm like, oh, that's much better than I have no time to explain. See, at least it makes sense. You, you don't want to tell everybody what's going on. Over As an opposed open to line. just like, I don't have time. Okay. I don't have time. Uh, I, I want to use that line more in line. general, like, just 
day-to-day life as well. Mm. Like, if, Anita, if, what do you want from the grocery store? I can't explain over an open line. <laughs> or if someone just asked me something face-to-face, just be like, I can't, we're on an open line, I can't tell you that right now. <laughs> There's a lot of utility here. Uh, I, 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 man, I really wish Kane had, had I don't know, Kane, Kane sort of shifted as a character, and I really liked opening mm. act Kane. Like, when he stopped wearing the turtleneck, I felt like the character lost a little something for a while. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, that turtleneck was like a power turtleneck. <laughs> I never thought turtlenecks could be that strong, but Peter Firth, he did I think it. I changed my mind. Yeah. All right, um, final thoughts Wait, 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 hold on, hold oh, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep going, I just keep going. Had another, we got the notes. Just, go um, ahead, go. It occurs to me... That this movie actually has, like, a lot of weird biblical references kind of hiding in it. Not just, like, the guy's name's Cain, but the whole concept with him being like, how are you so perfect? And she's like, I was created out of the image oh. of the perfect mate that you wanted. It's very much like Adam's rib. There's, like, some Adam and Eve shit going on where she's like, you're from the original, the original previous time. And uh, then I really, I actually appreciated the mythology of this. Like, they did it well with the concept of, like, the comet comes back a thousand years Every, what, 10,000 years or whatever it is. Love that concept. Um, definitely not that much, but, like, Haley's Comet returns, and then new vampires, and uh, he's, like, a remnant, and uh, that was actually oh, the most important. That. The the most interesting part for me, which is why I was disappointed that it was, like, just the very beginning and the very end. Yeah, okay, that. Um, I, Also in my headcanon, uh, every time she says stuff like, uh, you're like me, and, and stuff like that, and then, like, uh, when he's flying the ship... He's like, I feel like I've been here before. I have a head. Like, I have a head. Have. What was that? She's like, you have. Yeah, I, I have. My head cannon says that he's an immortal from the last time the comet was there. Oh, but, I thought that was. Hmm? I I don't think that's head cannon. I think that's cannon cannon. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, they don't go enough into like how. I definitely he's been picked walking. up the same impression. Though. What was that? I definitely picked up the same impression. Though. Okay, because yeah, because when I watch it. Uh, each time now, they really don't go enough into um, how he's been hiding himself throughout time or what's mm-hmm. been happening to him throughout time that led him to being an astronaut and going on this mission. Because it, it, like the way he, everyone acts around him and the way he acts, mm-hmm. it's it uh, on screen. Okay. It seems like he grew up normal and just went there mm-hmm. versus any Let's kind of. Let's theorize for a sec. What was that? Let's theorize for a sec. Have you seen Yu Yu Hakusho? The who show? Yu Yu Hakusho. Yes. Anime from the 90s. Okay, so Yusuke Yurameshi is a descendant, like, far descendant of uh, a demon. And, uh, like, for some reason, uh, it just clicks in him and it reawakens his demon powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like it's a similar thing with this, where, like, the vampires showed up on Earth with the first Haley's uh. Comet. And then um, okay. some of them went back on the ship and some of them stayed and bred and kind of like bred in. So they're like hidden amongst humans. Cool. So there are some humans that just have like special vampire blood and he's one of them. And she could just like sense it, which is why she connected to him when he approached Haley's comment. Thank you. That Boom. makes more sense, actually. Cool. Than I, uh, my, my head canon said like it, I've been, I did a shit ton of writing for the story for all this time where he's just an immortal walking through time. And then like he scrambles his own brain and is so brainwashed that he tricks himself into mm. being able Thinking to get in position human. to become an astronaut. I'm just like, yeah, but that's not in the movie. But <laughs> anyway, I really, I really want to present this movie to someone who hasn't seen it and tell them like, yeah, it's basically live action Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> <laughs> do not do that. Don't. Have you seen Yu Yu Hakusho? 
<laughs> Don't do that. Wow. Um, I, I actually, my last note is that it's kind of like Snow White gone really, really wrong. Because oh. yeah. of like, that, that glass coffin, and then he shows up at the end and kisses her, and then all the energy goes like, wow. Right on. <laughs> like, Snow really White has gone just really, really worked. wrong. It, it wasn't the, the style of the time. I really wish, you know, it wouldn't have fit the movie anyway. I just want it. I wish there was like a post credit or something, just like 30 seconds of like, when they both wake up on the ship and she's just like, pal? And she's like, friggin' backhands him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we were, we were, I was, I was this close and you stuck a friggin' sword through both of us? You asshole. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I thought for uh. sure that after they got shish kebobbed on that sword that, and got sucked, I thought the ship was going to explode or something. Me too. Um, because they got stabbed really good, and like it seemed like that did just didn't do anything. Maybe it kind of cut short the life force sucking a little bit, but that was it. And then they took mm-hmm. off. Like, yeah, it was. Really, I, I was kind of. Conf- I was a little confused at the end because I was like, okay, I get it. He like he went back to his people or whatever, and they're flying away. But like, like he so di- he didn't really stop. Like they already sucked up a city's worth of people. Yep. Which I assume is all they really want to do if they've been to Earth before. They probably don't want to, like, drain the whole planet. Right. So, like, I guess that he was just, like, stopping her from getting carried away. That was the only way I could really process it. But it was weird. Yeah. It was, it was, I, a, it was a very odd twist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah each, time, each, like, each time I watch that uh, and forget what happens, I, I think that's the... I, I always think, oh, my God, I, th- I guess they did stop him. Wait, no, no, it doesn't look like they stopped him. Yeah, it really. I, one, yeah, it doesn't look like it. They're just gonna come back in uh, five thousand years and feed on us again. Yep. One dialogue exchange of them after yes. they return to the ship is all I would want. Oh, it's just like mm-hmm. that's what I was gonna say uh, about this. Um, there's uh, a thing in movies that I, I want and and prefer is cuddle time after rocking me. Like if if you show me yeah. something, like stick around. I want I want I want an uh, epilogue and I want to hang out. This, on the other hand, though, uh, I was cool with the mic drop. Like. I, I saw hmm. such craziness that, and they snapped, and they're like, "We're, we're and it's done." I'm like, "No, no, that's it. I do, I don't want to know what happens." Because, like, I, I feel like once again, like for me, there, there's sci-fi beyond us so much that, like, it's just in my imagination. Like, what the hell else do they do on that ship as they go to maybe another planet, or do they go to sleep, or do they just? I don't know. I like, yeah, I I, I'm usually, this. I'm usually very pro mic drop, and like, I, and actually, usually, I'm quite against like taking a ton of time to like spell stuff out afterwards. Just, this is this case. It's like, it was so confusing and like, and it is sort of in line with how a lot of the film goes after a certain time point. Yes. But, uh, I, I just think it would have been fun. Like <laughs> I, I, one last scene on there. Just, just one last scene of just like one hard backhand. You know, yeah, like, totally. or even just, like, even just right after they got stabbed, she could have been like, Oh, a sword, my only weakness. Like we got to go, you know, <laughs> that actually would have been a great but line yeah. word for word. <laughs> Everyone complains. Sword, about my only weakness. We got to go. Oh, go ahead. No, I said it. Oh, uh, as I say, everyone complains about the return of the King ending, but that's like my favorite ending. That, that is the greatest ending I've ever seen in any movie ever. And I usually you mean don't... greatest six endings? Yeah, which one? Yes. Which ending? All that they gave me six, <laughs> and they kept them coming because, like, after the after the com- uh, after the the climax, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, you guys are like oh. roll credits right now. You guys just gotta fucking leave. And they're like, oh, no, okay. Keith, we're gonna have a party. We're gonna have some farming. We're gonna have a talk. Hey, dude, let me just hug you. We're gonna just hug, and then we're gonna like go for a walk and just like, <laughs> oh my god, thank you. You got so like, much cuddle that- time. 
God, I, I love I think that, that so much. I think that really works for anything where you've been with characters for longer than one film. So, like, you know, Lord of the Rings was like a trilogy, for instance. Mm-hmm. Or I like I like in TV shows when the final episode's more of an epilogue yeah, episode. Me too. Where like there's a there's a finale. But then we get one more episode to like cool down, you know. Agreed. Yeah, not to, not not to even just cool down, but like also kind of kind of just put a little button on the end. Mm-hmm. Of like mm-hmm. you know, here's here's how it's going to end. We're going like, to leave you with some ideas, and there you go. But this uh, time, yeah, this movie had me go what, and then nope, we're done, Keith. I'm like, yep, no, no, that that's good, that's good. It it is literally a better movie for not doing the thing I want it to do. Right. <laughs> I should probably really say like it, this would be even worse if they then had like a, a full minute on the ship afterwards of them going like, <laughs> you know, oh, you just used the sword just uh thankfully because we were in the transference beam. Your sword, we our life force got sucked up in the ship instead of dissipating and exploding. Lucky turn to that, and he's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm real glad that now we just get to be a happy couple in space on the vampire uh, ship. And then the credits, fl- like, just start inching up. back to the comets. <laughs> fly back to the comets. Oh, my God. That's all I need. God, I just, like, Say no more. Evangelist, those, like, those exact lines, and them just kind of, like, standing there, looking at each other, not doing anything else. <laughs> yep. Yeah, TV on this ship. Arm, arms nope. just like rigidly at their sides, like really awkwardly standing there talking. To <laughs> Maybe one awkward glance at the camera. <laughs> again, the credits like just start to they start rolling up. They roll back down and they start rolling up again. Are we ready? Are we good? <laughs> what I'm well, saying is, let me make the life force remake. It'll be great. Good. Um, no, 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 listen, what you have to do is a sequel, a sequel that's placed even more in the, is it the future or is it right now? Mm. Right. Well, mm. where they come back with Haley's Comet again. Right. And, and we get and full, everyone's still we using frontal telephones. nudity for all people? Yes. And does that make all it better? All people. Uh, frontal nudity for everybody? Well, that, yeah, in another 5,000 years, the vampires have clothes, but all the humans are naked <laughs> because there was a switch. <laughs> the vampires oh were like, God. you know what? It's always cold. And we just realized if we just wear clothes, we, then it's less uncomfortable when we're out collecting you know human it turns out humans don't care if we're naked or not they still get humans are thirsty and the land and they get there <laughs> yep and all the humans are naked and they're like wait what and they're like yeah legend has it five thousand years ago there was nude vampires and we that turns out that became our society and, and the vampires, and the vampires come back and they got clothes and they're like wait no you guys yeah. are right clothes they're pretty cool i'm, I'm warm now and the yeah. humans were like, oh, we invented planet-wide heating. It, it turns out that one time that we heard that there was a naked vampire changed all of society. <laughs> and the vampire is just kind of like, well, dang. And then they just, like, blow the planet up with a laser. Um, spoilers. Word. For Life Force 2. Um, <sighs> we're, our Indiegogo starting next week. Uh, we're, we've got a, a, a modest $2 million budget we're trying to raise. So if you guys can... <laughs> no, take part. Absolutely. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, just mm-hmm. get in on it early. We're going to have early bird specials. So don't delay. Yep. Uh, free sandwiches. <laughs> Offer uh, expires while you wait. Offerers are standing by. <laughs> hot dogs are sandwiches. What's up? Uh, oh boy. Yeah, no, Keith, you sound like you wanted to do some final thoughts. Unless oh. there's more notes. I don't want to, I like the notes. I don't Indeed. want to drop the note flow. Um, I have one silly note that I feel might be taking us back. Um, Go. But basically, when Columbia came to uh, quote-unquote rescue the uh, initial shuttle. Everybody had their jobs written on the back of their helmets. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I looked it mm-hmm. up. I don't know if that's a thing or not, but it just, I don't, like, when I noticed, like, oh, okay, well, that guy's the radio operator or whatever, or that guy's the medic, or probably that person's the medic, and anyway, I thought it was funny that their, but- their jobs were written on their helmets. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That makes sense, because if, you, if you're coming up 
behind somebody. Like you want to, if you're looking for a medic, you want to be able to tell if it's a medic or not, right? Yeah, away. totally. If you're like yeah. face to face, you can just ask them. But if you're coming from behind, you're like, oh yeah, I'm a medic right there. Right there they are. There they are. Good. Or you go um, like, hey, why is that radio op poking around with the tactical readout? Hey, buddy, get back to your job. <laughs> oh no, I just put on the wrong helmet, and there it is. Um, my final note that I didn't say that, you know, is really inconsequential, but, you know, every time it comes up, um, you know, there's like that video game Life Force on Nintendo. No! Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with this movie, and like, it always nothing. confused me, um, because like, it came out <laughs> one year after, and then like, as a kid, I'm like, oh shit, they made a video? Wait, does, is this the movie? And, yeah, they're nothing, not connected. That confused the crap out of me. I never saw this movie when I was a kid, but that confused the crap out of me as a child. That there's a game called Life Force? Yeah, and a movie called Life Force, and I thought that they must have something to do with each other. Thank and you! I was the only one then! Surprise! And the, <laughs> okay, little bit, the little bit I saw of the movie, I realized that they had nothing to do with each other, but I was still confused. Yep. So. Which is funny, because mm. my guess is... When the video game came out, either A, the people from the movie didn't hear about it, or vice versa, but somebody at some point must have said, oh no, it's fine, there won't be any confusion. <laughs> but like, I, Or they were developed independently and they were like, ah, fuck, neither of us want to rebrand. <laughs> I mean, they, they do fl- more it, likely. It is, a ship that fly- it is a ship that flies through an organic something, so I did think, so are they thinking that a, a fighter ship goes up? Anyway, it didn't take too long to figure out that no, they're yeah, just separate. Right. Anyway, very little. That's all I got. <laughs> Vangelis, final thoughts. Right. Or yeah, uh, yeah. Or, no. I was just saying, uh, Sabrina. What 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 role? Uh, do you, where, where, when do you want to go on your final thought? First or last? Oh, I can I can go now. All right, go for go it. Go for it. I'm never watching this movie ever again, and how dare you. But <laughs> I did really enjoy there being a lot of like actual color. It's nice to look at film movies that were filmed on film again, mm-hmm. just because everything... Digital... One of my friends just got a film camera again to take pictures. Man, you forget how much digital like actually loses in quality mm. in certain ways. Bright colors. I miss them. Amen. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Matt. This movie uh, was... Uneven, messy, problematic, and I would actually say it's still worth watching, especially if you enjoy horror movies, if you like body horror, if you like space things, if you like vampires, if you like aliens, if you like zombies, Mm -hmm. if you like British actors, if you like overblown performances, (laughs) if you like underblown performances. It has it all. Um, I'm not sure if it wanted it all, but it got it all. So, um, yeah, I think think it's like a a, a big mess, but at times beautiful. Um, And, but, you know, still offensive and problematic. So, there you go. Mm. All right, Vangelis. Yeah, uh, it's it's kind of like it, it's dripping with quality in every aspect while also being pretty bad. And the, the dichotomy is, I think, worth checking out if you want to make the time to watch it. Uh, I, I think there are bigger wastes of time to hate watch mm-hmm. if you're a hate watch type person. Uh, because there is so much like good in this movie um, on a granular level. Uh, I think you still get something out of it um, as opposed to like something where you just know you're not going to like it. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I would though caution that like uh, it, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward what the movie's trying to do. And uh, I, I think that if you check out after 40 minutes, you've seen about 80% of the best stuff in the mm-hmm. movie. Totally. 
Um, and skip and, to the end. There's some really cool stuff at the end too. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I, I would say if you if you've got if you've got the grit, um, it, you know, sit through the whole thing because some of the performances are super fun to watch. But you got to be into that kind of thing. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just that that's the real quality of, of the film to me. Uh, and what drags it down is like messiness and horniness, both in a very adolescent tone, which is just odd, but it's like the best, the clearest way I can put it. Mm-hmm. And it makes me long for my favorite actual horny movies, um, Gozu and Tetsuo the Iron Man. Uh, uh, those, yeah. are, <laughs> those, are, those are good horny movies. Um, Chris um, has been wanting to inflict Tetsuo the Iron Man for several years now. and I Not, think not it, inflict. Not yeah. infl- I mean, at least that wouldn't well, be my word. this might be your chance. It's uh, it's it's one of my actual favorite movies. Uh, I, I I happily stand up for that. The film. cover <laughs> of it scares me, and, and it scared me from years, and that's why I haven't watched it yet. That cover is just all right. Let's do that next week. Next week, that's the one we're doing next. Oh no! Oh. <laughs> I thought we were gonna do Prototype next. Uh, I don't actually want to see Prototype ever again. I've watched Tetsuo like thirty times happily. I'll watch because also Tetsuo's short, so I'm like I'm happy. Mm. To, uh, it never overstays his welcome. It's it's very horny, but in a far more uh, cyberpunkish, um, I guess, it's punkish way. It's it's it's, mm-hmm. it's it's not as it's it's a young filmmaker, but not like greasy hair flip of hair young. You know it's <laughs> Um, there's a, there's a big drill, uh, everyone who, who's seen the movie knows the big drill. I think it's actually not like, it's not the focus. It's like with, with Ichi the killer, there's a part everyone thinks is the big part of the movie, but it kind of isn't. Uh, Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, another cover that's, uh, intimidated me from watching it. Oh, each of the killer. Yeah. Each of the killers is kind of, it's pretty gross. Uh, it's very, it's like very mainstream. I'm going to go on my little tangent here. It's very mainstream Mike. (laughs) So it's Mm -hmm. not like. Not bad. I like Mike as a filmmaker a lot, but he also has made one million movies. So it's like there is a there is a you know quality gradient. Uh, everyone knows Ichi the Killer and Audition. Those are not, that, that's not the tone of every single movie he makes. It's just those are the two everyone has seen. Um, mm-hmm. Ichi the Killer, like is, you know, it is if you don't, if the cover's freaking you out, then yeah, you probably there's parts of the there's one bit in the movie I can't watch, but that's because it involves tongues. I can't do tongue violence. Mm. Um, yeah, I. I could understand how that would make you squeamish. Yeah, like, and I can I can do the old boy tongue scene because they don't show stuff. But each each of the killer, they made a whole prosthetic so they could show stuff. Ugh. Uh, but uh, yeah, Tetsuo the Iron Man is very horny, but I th- I think slightly more wholesome horny. Uh, Gozu similarly is a Mike film. It's Mike's uh, Mike saw Twin Peaks and made Gozu. Gozu Ooh. is incredibly horny, but. Uh, it's more. It, it's very horny, but the actual romance is between a young yakuza man and his senpai, um, for whom mm. he cares for very much. Even though his senpai is a little bonkers and spends most of the movie probably not being alive, but that gets you know tweaked as you go on. Uh-huh. Curious. Okay, here's the thing though. I'm very interested in this movie now, so I will bully, help you bully Keith into seeing it, but don't tell me any more about it, because I want to start with as little as possible. Yeah, yeah, T- Tetsuo is the shorter one. Tetsuo, like, they're both very different, but, like, Tetsuo and Gozu are two, uh, they are, they are two horny movies that I actually really stand by as good movies, right, where the horniness right. is, is just a part of it, as opposed to, like, I- I'm happy everyone kind of had the same conclusion, because I was worried I was going to be the one thumping the horny Bible here, uh... <laughs> Because yeah, like it's it's hard for all the nice things I said. At the end of the day, life force is also like you can't come away from it going like without without going. Things kind of 
I was kind of thirsty. Yeah, <laughs> it's like my my monitor's sweating somehow. <laughs> there's a there's a pool of liquid on my table. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> Whoopsie. The left half of the pool is slightly sticky, but it's still all trans transparent. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, maybe we should move yeah, on. All right. <laughs> My final thoughts is I love Life Force so much. Um, yeah, it, it's part of my childhood. Um, when it's, it's one of those movies that like you got away with. Like your parents definitely were not supposed to let you see this movie, but me and my friends watched it because and like because um, your parents had no idea what it was. Oh my in god, it. they didn't. <laughs> uh, but like, but for us, like you know, as uh, Star Wars fans, like we always looking for new space stuff and like. This just like got us in a headlock. Said, "You motherfucker, how'd you get in here?" And you're like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" Because like you, you you don't know what's gonna happen, and and you don't know enough to stay away from it. Because like it it doesn't seem. I guess I was gonna say like I was gonna try to say like it doesn't seem like horror, but like you you see like the Ghostbusters like lights flying around, explosions. It, yeah. it seems actiony, and like. It just had it. It just beat the hell out of me and beat my mind up, and it showed me things that were too scary for me as a kid. But I kept coming back, and the wildness just stuck with me of just like the unconventional story structure where, like, things don't flow like it normally should. Like, you don't get the normal action sequence in the middle, or no character looks like a normal action hero or hero that I was used mm-hmm. to back then. It's just all these. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because they're British actors, and I wasn't used to that, and still aren't. So, like every time they come on the screen, I'm like, who? They don't look like America. The, the heroes I'm supposed to be following. So, well, the bizarreness. Back up. Yeah. The, the aesthetic is is also especially. It, it's very spy movie in yes. a weird way. Yeah, in several like, places. Yep. For no out of nowhere. Odd. Well, that's more of that. It doesn't know which genre it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I was going to, uh, Keith, I want to back you up on the notion of like, this is a perfect formative childhood movie Dude, in, in every way. There's so it, much wildness and like, I, I can absolutely see how this leaves an impact if you saw it when you're young. Cause it, it is like every element of it is the kind of thing that sticks in your head and makes you go like, remember that crazy movie we saw? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Me and, and me and my buddy Romero and like, like, were just like, do you remember that shit? And like, Oh my God, that was crazy. Yeah. I, I'm not going to do like a full call to authority but just I'll give you the one other piece of backup. Um, Gene Siskel gave it three out of four stars, calling it a guilty pleasure. And yeah. I would say that sounds like a perfect explanation <laughs> for it giving up. it a three out of four. Yeah. It's, yep. it, absolutely. If you click with it, for sure, it is the guilty ass pleasure. Guilty it's, ass it's, pl- and there's nothing else like it. It's just like, you, you're not like, you know, it's kind of like, no, it's not, kinda, you know, it's kind of like, well, you've seen this mm. kind of movie before. No, like. You don't see a movie where they get on a space shuttle and go on a wild ass and they come back and then things explode and you don't think that the world's going to end, but it does. And then like the final action sequence happens, but the bad guys got away with it anyway. And there's just piles of bodies mm-hmm. left behind and no one saved the day. And you're just like, what? Like, I like that. No one saved the day. Oh God. That just That's like, like, like people, people joke that a movie made them think they fell asleep and missed something. But literally <laughs> this movie while watching it <laughs> yeah. from start to finish, I questioned myself at least once that I had missed a scene. Did I blink mm-hmm. for a while? <laughs> nope, just yeah. the scene was missing. <laughs> ah. uh, you know, uh, it, it's interesting. We're talking about uh, things that are formative and interesting when they're formative and then like bizarre if they're not. Um, when I was in high school, we read, uh, what's that with Hodden Caulfield? Um, Catcher on the Rye. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of the students were super interested, you know, uh, as teenagers tend to be. And then my teacher was like, actually, I really don't 
like this book at all. And we were like, that's interesting. Why? And she was like, I think it's because I read it when I was 20, not a teenager. Interesting. And I tried to reread it as an adult and I could not. So I feel like it's one of those movies where like, maybe you need to see it when you're young. Yep. Cause like my, like, like, like um, my, my, yeah, that yeah, YouTuber that I like a lot, she saw it as an adult and she did not, she, it was not a magical experience for her. She like, she admired the Also she the was a lady. Let me just, yeah. Let me just point out that it is more difficult for us to watch that movie. Yeah. Okay. Understandable. <laughs> Understandable. And yeah, that didn't mean to do that. Sorry about that. That's cool. Yeah, hey, cool. I think it's part of the uh, process. Again, the reason yeah, and the reason we became friends is because we have very different like perspectives mm-hmm. and uh, I find yours interesting, you find mine interesting, yeah. so I don't expect you to like recognize my perspective before I give it to you. Yep. I am always it's always appreciated. I'm glad to have you on the podcast. But I will like torture this. you with a bad movie at some point. Yes, yes. Yeah, no, no. Hit me hard. I want I want to feel it. I want to I want to if you if, I mean if I want to really blast everyone, I will make us watch Robot Ninja, but I don't know where to find it outside <laughs> of the VHS I bought like 20 years oh, ago. Dear. Burt Ward guest starring in Robot Ninja. That's a Wow. Okay. Wow, Burt. I mean, Burt Ward's been in some in some stuff. All right. Yeah, uh, I don't know any I, movies I'm out of that like about this I movie. know intentionally are going to hurt anyone because <laughs> I, 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 I'm too weird and like I'm like no that this movie has value because it's so fucked up. So like it does have some value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's just difficult for me to watch. Gotcha. Understood. Understood. But yeah, for me, yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm glad you guys watched it with me. I'm glad we got to talk about it. Uh, and yeah, that that's my feelings on Life Force. Space vampires. Yes. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and there were zombies. <laughs> no one and, saved and, the day. Everything no. died. That's actually my favorite part. I've been craving a movie where like there's a rebellion and the rebellion fails mm. and I can't find any. So here we are. There's one. <laughs> yeah. hey, cool. A point. <laughs> Woohoo! Alright, do we uh want to close this up? Uh, I think yeah, it's I about think, time. I think it's time. Alright, Vandalus, where can people find more of your work on the internet? Yeah, our Transformers podcast, WTF and TFW, is, uh, is on iTunes, etc. It's on TFW2005.com. Put WTF.TFW2005.com. You just get our page. Uh, we've got also a TCG podcast buried in there. The, some of those episodes, all the TCG ones I put up on YouTube, on my YouTube channel, what also has toy reviews and, and interviews and, and other stuff I'm interested in that I make. Uh, that is YouTube.com slash Central. Uh, I'm also Vangelis Central on Instagram and Facebook. I'm just Vangelis on Twitter. Uh, I, I'm on Twitter most of the time compared to everything else. Uh, just that's how the cookie crumbled. So if you want to find me, that's the easiest spot to find me. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to do Discord more. I'm trying to do everything more because I want to. I want to stay hep. But mm-hmm. uh, that's that's the gist of what I'm up to. I, I feel like there was one other thing, but I can't remember it anymore. Um, it's this. <laughs> you'll you'll find it. I'll say it on Twitter. That's what that's what it was. I'll say it on Twitter. Cool. All <laughs> right, Matt, where we can find more of your work on the internet? Uh, well, I'm on uh, Instagram and Twitter as Doc Falconer, and I also have an Instagram for my chinchilla called Ivy the Chinchilla. Oh. <laughs> so uh, yeah, if if you like a, if you want to watch see pictures of a chinchilla, you can. I do. <laughs> um, I, love, I love Ivy. God bless her. I love chinchillas. They're so fluffy. She's super fluffy. Yep. She's and she, she's she's a great roommate. She's a, yeah. She's yeah. She's been with me through many many moves. She's about sixteen, seventeen years old now. Cool. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So she's uh, Ivy's been through a lot. Um, and you can also find some of my work on the ArmoryComedy.com. It's a uh, comedy group in New York. 
I'm taking a bit of a break from some of that stuff right now, but hopefully my Zoom show Spooky Town will be back soon. And uh, at the moment, I think I think that's about it. Cool. Sabrina, where can we find you on the Intertron? You can always find me at anything Voidcat Gaming, Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram. Uh, I'm super excited about the tabletop stuff that we're doing right now, so if you want to stop by for that, that's Saturdays 12 to 4 PST. Cool. Alright, you can find this podcast and more on popgeeks.com. Um, you can find me at Keith Justice on uh, Instagram and on my Twitch. Um, Keith Hayward on the Twitters. And yeah, that'll be it. Thank you guys for sitting with us for about three hours almost. Uh, dorking out, and we'll talk to you next time. And next movie, uh, we'll be seeing. We I don't know, know. We'll, yeah, we'll figure out what we're going to do next. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you on the other side. Take care. Hello! <laughs> Redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.